12 years. I never expected it to turn out like this. TheBoxingVoice.com. Shout out to the community, man. I appreciate y'all. Happening people. Info Joe, Los Angeles, in the building. Adrian, the problem wrong, the man from the frozen tundra. Keem, straight out of Florida. Liz Lowe, Decatur, Georgia. You already know what it is. It's the Queen, Mikey K, Detroit. Stand up. David Maldonado, New York City. Yo, Ness, don't cut me off, man. Don't cut me off. King Amina Vessex, catch me for them championship rounds. Big Superman. Claim Texas. Davidian in Buffalo. God bless you all. Without Chai, it ain't nothing. Without the callers, it ain't nothing, man. Bad Girl, TKO, San Diego, California. Big Fish Vegas, Palm Beach, Florida. Tree the Incredible, straight out the ATL. James Benitez, Huntsville, Alabama. It ain't hating, it's just the truth. Show Kid, Malvern, New York, suckers.
day of your life. No Damn. sound, bro. No sound. Not my bad, y'all. Shit. It's all good. I fucking, fucking hate that. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Yo, I swear to God, I hate that I got to remember to click that bitch. Bo. And honestly, I'm going to blame it on, on Danny. Bro, that, I always got on, all bro, good. That is an good. awful poll, bro. I'm not going to lie. I always got to find someone to blame it on, and it's Danny's fault, and here's why. So if far this Danny, morning, everybody's blamed everybody for something within the first 60 seconds of if the show. Danny, Because if Danny just, like, my, is mindful when we go live, then I ain't got to use that feature of muting his mic and forgetting that I muted everybody's mic. Mm-hmm. But Danny will be the type to be like, show little be live, intro be going. like, hey, yo, uh, pass me that cord. Oh, we live? Ooh. You know how he do his laugh and shit. Look, he know, I, he know I almost caught that pretty good. No, but look, we're here to discuss the ESPN pound for pound list. We, we stood what about away the, from what, what about the ring pound for pound list? I mean, all of them. All of them. I think that I was going to bring up the ring anyway because of the back and forth with Doug Fisher and... and um, Devin Haney. Devin Haney. And then that reminded me of, you know, Michael Coppinger and Terrence Crawford. And then I think even Crawford, um, Jamel Charlo and, and Coppinger. And, and I'm starting to feel like maybe we ain't got no say, man. Let me be real. I'm be real. Maybe we ain't got no say. Like, how could you... Decide who's on the list. You don't even know how to fight. Mm. You can't beat nobody on the list, but you putting people on the list. Cool. So we ain't supposed to know how to fight. We we supposed to know what we seeing. But how much do you know what you seeing if you can't mimic what you seeing? You don't look like them when you do it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. How the fuck could Coppinger... And I ain't single him out, you know. I hope he don't catch a grudge. He knows we friends. I'm just saying, like, how can any of us really tell them where they're at, especially the undisputed ones? It's like, bro, you got a new way above so many people. He's not undisputed. I mean, you got Earl above so many people. He's undisputed. So this year. They've effectively taken back the status of undisputed. It's mm -hmm. no longer this covenant status of ultimate achiever. Because that's what you are when you undispute. There is no claim, but these fuckers are doing that. They're putting doubt in the minds of the Haney fans, of the Charlo fans. Of the Crawford fans or whoever deserves to be on the list properly ranked. But it's just crazy to me, man. I, I, I do want to screen share so that you can get at least an understanding of why this has upset people. And I think that now this is what they're doing. It's like if they don't get the engagement... The person running the account isn't doing his job. If the writer doesn't make the article provocative enough, it doesn't get read. He doesn't get views. If he doesn't get views, his job won't be there. So you got to give us something to talk about. So here we are. We're going to fucking talk about it, man. 
I do not agree with it. Like I said, don't agree with the positions, the rankings. I mean, it's just weird to me, but here we go. So let me move myself up out of here. I do like how they show how the writers actually voted at the bottom. Nah, and that's the way it should be. Right. You know, the, they have a panel. Cool. I wish Ring did the same thing. That's that's exactly the way it should be. And, and for those of you, you know, that don't know, it, it is available on ESPN's website. And this is about the screen share. They do like a point system. So, you know, uh, 10 points for first place and then uh, they're on down. But, yeah, man, uh, they should show... And they even show, like, who got how many votes for what place. So you see, like, Crawford got eight first place votes and Noe got six. That's fucking crazy. Where are you seeing? Oh, you're on a story. I'm on the Instagram. Oh. So I'm showing the list. You're reading the article, which is good. Yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm on the ESPN website. Yep, so. All right, so do they have a reason? How, how, how's the opening paragraph? Is it just no, like. It's, it's, it, so actually, it is an article. Um, is it just like Alexander Usyk jumps into the top five latest ESPN rankings? Nah, this one. This one actually, the article is like about better beef, but from the August twentieth, so that's a week ago. I don't know why it's not more current, but they do have, you know, obviously the pound for pound list, and then they'll show like the previous ranking, the record, division, last fight, and next fight, and then after that. Um, it shows the point system and then it shows the people that got left out, right? So mm -hmm. Devin Haney would have been the next man up with 19 votes or 19, I don't know, I guess points, you know, for the votes. I'm going to have to go to this, bro. Yeah, I'll send you the list. Yeah. Javante. Um, after him with nine, you know, so... Uh, they definitely break it down, and then they even show Nesta what each voter on the panel how they how they had what's their t top ten. So you know, um, starts with Teddy Atlas, uh, Tim Bradley, Mike Coppinger, Joe Tessitore, and then a lot of people I ain't heard of. You know, obviously Andre Ward is in there, Michelle Joy Phelps is in there. So it breaks it down. Then it breaks down. Oh, the fighters and how many votes they got for that place right which i guess if you want to go count from each person's list you could do yourself but they do it for you so you got it but yeah nice and then ring magazine's list was pretty uh pretty amusing to me um as well, given that they have Vasil Lomachenko on their list. But, yeah, he's not even the... the How the do you know that's Phelps? That's the only one, Michelle Joy Phelps. No, nah, I mean, he's saying it could be somebody else with the last name Phelps. Absolutely. I Michael mean, Phelps? I just know, having worked for her, that she had a vote on the ESPN okay. panel. So you knew she was on the committee? Yes. Claudia Trejos is on there. Correct. Who is Baby? Baby, that's that. that he's African American. Yeah, he's, he's, he just started writing this year on there, or I think, like post. I, I think maybe last post post COVID. Yeah, I think it was maybe within the last year and a half or two. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've, I've never heard of Moonlini. I don't know. Moon, 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's people on here that I've definitely never heard of. Um, so it does break it down to you again. That what is, is ESPN <clears throat> experts poll? So that is just breaking down all the uh, writers' votes. Oh, right? the votes. So it's saying like Crawford received eight first place vote so i'm assuming if you go and count all the writers mm -hmm. that's you know eight of them had a crawford number one pound for pound you know and then it says six for a no way so i'm guessing six had a no way that's yo i gotta google who is this guy who i'm gonna screen share this this is absurd who is Moy, whatever. We're going to stop by Moy. Uh, Spence oh, Crawford, wow. oh, Inoue, Fury. Alvarez, Usyk, Lomachenko, Bivol, Better Beef, Golovkin. Golovkin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. There's not a screening process. This person obviously doesn't know anything about the sport and squeeze through the cracks. What the fuck is this? Bro, that's like... There's no logic there, obviously. This is his top favorite fighters. Yeah. What's the logic? I think it, I think one could argue, Ness. I think one could argue. We are arguing that there's no logic. Listen, I think one could argue perhaps that Gennady Golovkin. You definitely could make an argument he's top 15. I'm not even getting into that. But, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm just, you know, just saying. That shit makes no That's sense. Charlie Moynihan. He he deserves not to be covering the sport publicly for a while. That makes no sense, seriously. We just got to call a spade a spade. Like, Golovkin arguably lost the Dervianchenko fight has been fighting the bottom feeders of the division, waiting around for a Canelo fight. He's 40 years old. What is pound for pounding about him? Like, shit is crazy, man. This is, this is crazy. Not just, not just the Devyachenko fight, Nas, but then after, he defends his title. Help me out here, the Polish guy. Who defends his title? Gennady. Before, before sedimenta sedimenta right and you're you're you know you're more of a degenerate than i am i would say so had you were you familiar with sedimenta prior to that fight no i had never heard of sedimenta truth be told no, that's how they, I, they put him on the map yeah and i'm you know um i don't give a fuck what anybody says go back and watch that fight he didn't look good he didn't look impressive he was huffing and puffing right he didn't look like he was the Gennady of old. Yo, honestly, though, I mean, that right there should be grounds to be removed from, from the boarding committee because he's the only one with Golovkin on there. Like, literally. No one else even has a, a name with a G. <laughs> Damn, I'm really looking for somebody else's name with a G, motherfucker. Oh, my God. I can't find nobody else's name with a G. He's out of control. You're funny. Yo, shout out to Stevenson that made it. I don't know. I guess 
two times and current unified and taking it for the it. champ you could do it you could be on that that and that's why i feel like stevens is above earl i get it earl has three belts and stevens has two but stevens has two plus one division earl just has three belts one division it's crazy like because that has to be the logic for crawford right it's like no crawford's number one because he was undisputed before and now he's this dominant heavy uh welterweight that hasn't lost and has won everything by knockout plus has a belt so that makes him a multiple division champion because then what's the logic for crawford to be ahead of earl in everybody's list mm. and then what's the what, what really what's the logic for crawford to be ahead of Usyk on on espn's list right because if crawford's ahead of everybody because he undisputed before and he's this dominant fighter now well, motherfucker, Usyk did that. He I'm, undisputed. I'm gonna be honest with you. Unified. I don't have an issue with Crawford or Usyk one or two. Like to me, to to me, those could be interchangeable. Really? Oh yeah. Not me. They can't yeah. interchange, bro. You tripping? Yeah. To me, I think I think uh, Usyk, you know, his run at at, at cruiserweight was comparable to uh, Crawford's run at forty. All right. And Would now you his, agree? And now his sec yeah, because okay. the names aren't that sexy. Okay. But now his second run mm -hmm. is more dominant and more accomplished. He has more ac accolades in that second. He does. Run. He, he does. He does. Obviously, being the current unified heavyweight champion of the world, I don't take nothing away from him, and I don't want to sound like a hater. Mm -hmm. But Ness has been against. It's been against Anthony Joshua. A Ooh. unified champ, two-time unified, so he's proven. You Whatever you may feel internally about Joshua, he proved it to the world by becoming two-time. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. See, with Fury, we can't say, we can't say, oh, well, he only beat, he only beat Wilder because he had already did that shit. You know what with I'm Vlad. saying? With Vlad. So it's like, you've said it, we've said it. We, he wasn't impressed against, we weren't impressed against Witherspoon. We weren't that impressed against Chizor. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, he's looked extremely impressive against uh, Joshua in that first fight. He, you know, he won the second fight. But to me, it's just he's accomplished so much. So has Crawford. Those two are right there. I don't really have an issue. I don't. I don't have in a way right there though. Like to me, he ain't accomplished. Uh, he ain't accomplished it. Like not not to be number one, mm -hmm. not to be above uh, Terence Crawford, not to be above Alexander Usyk, not to me. Mm -hmm. Those are the two guys right now, currently, that I think can can hold that number one spot. It's Terence Crawford and Alexander Usyk. So again, based off my logic, the reason I rank Haney and Charlo and Usyk. And Canelo High is because they undisputed. So based off my logic, Terrence's should not be above Usyk. Um, Usyk's run is comparable at Cruiser to his 140 run. Like the names are, you know, maybe Crawford has a sexier run because of Victor Postal. Mm. You know, because like. I was who, there for that fight. Who was in Usyk's run? Well, you said Bellew, so well, yeah, yeah. You Be said Bellew. Bellew's Be more popular than Victor Postal. Point Be blank, simple. Bellew was um, his last title defense. Well, it's a wrap. Point blank, simple. Don't so. don't want people to confuse that he was part of the World Boxing Super Series, but he was that last title defense. Yeah, if that was a title 
fight to get that WBC from Belly to become undisputed. It is definitely a better run than Crawford's. There's more well, no, notable names. Yeah, that was to become because I want to yeah. Belly was BC, yeah, the WBC yeah, champ. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he beat he beat uh, Macaboo for it. No, um, no, wasn't it? No. Who he beat? No, hold on, I got you. I'm pretty sure he beat Macaboo for it. You know what? I'm trying to think. Sensual, baby. Yo, you heard of Jai, I think, what is it, Jai Cortez or something like that? So, no. okay, okay, so, so you were right. He did beat, no, that he beat Macaboo, but it was vacant, right? So then he beats BJ Flores' defenses title. So, okay, Usyk, Usyk already had the BC. Mm -hmm. Usyk was a the undisputed champ when he fought Belly. Yes, yes. Belly didn't have a belt. So no, because he had won enough for the two David Hay fights. Wow. When, when he became WBC cruiserweight champ, he defended against BJ Flores once, and then moved okay. up, moved up uh, to heavyweight for those two. So so then no, Crawford's run is better. If Belly was just a, 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 a Eddie Hearn concoction to make Usyk popular. Yeah, I mean, he he was coming off. You gotta uh, to me, you gotta think about it, man. He was uh, coming off. He was world champion, right? So it's like becomes world champion, defends that title. Boom, David Hay. Let's not forget, he wasn't supposed to win that fight. I understand David Hay had the uh, Achilles injury. Boom, and then they run it back. He wins again, and then moves back down from heavyweight to cruiserweight to fight Alexander Usyk f for the uh, you know. Undisputed crown. Yeah. Um, we got to remember Crawford's a three time. Shout out to uh, LV Slug. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Yeah, so Crawford was the WBO lightweight. And that was it. He defended his WBO lightweight. So he only became one-time champ at 35. That's it. That's it. Defended against Gamboa. Mm. First defense, Beltran second defense. Moved up uh, to 40 for Delorme on a vacant. Um, defended against Derry Jean. Defended against Derry Jane. We, and then uh, Hank Lundy. 
Unify with Posto. Defended against Molina. Defended against Felix Diaz. That's 40. And then Unified with Ndongo. You know, that was the undisputed fight. With so then Ndongo. there's only one belt at 35. Yes. And then one belt at 47. Yes. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You got to consider... You got to consider See, that. And, and Cuz let me read this super chat just so you can okay. understand where I'm building like I'm trying to build an argument here but it's a little difficult because you don't know the context, right? So uh even though the first super chat is from AJ Smooth, we really want to get to LV Sluggers but we'll keep it in order. $5 super chat says shout out TBB from Oregon on this fine. Okay, so this was Sunday. We didn't see that. Sunday, we out here crabbing on the coast. All right, I hope you got some. I love crabbing. You ever been crabbing, Danny? No. Oh, I love it. Have you eat? You eat crabs, Yeah. Right? It's a little frustrating, though, right? Like having to break them fuckers? No? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, okay. I think it's worth it, though. But yeah, so to me, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I get it, right? You, t- you trying to compare the two. I don't really have an issue with either guy at, at at one or two. I'm sorry, I got lost up. We got like five super chats from a from our live chat that I know we didn't read, but shout out to Jack. So sorry we didn't see those. LV Slugger. Bud is a three division champ compared to Usyk, two times champ. Bud went straight to 147, no tune up, and beat Horn. Usyk needed two tune ups to beat Teaspoon and Chizora. Um, I don't know if you want to reply first because I'm locked and loaded since I've already heard this comment. Do you think then? So basically, I was just saying it's just like it's hard to compare the two um, because even though Usyk, like, look, I was very critical of Usyk. I thought he wasn't a heavyweight because he went the way that he went. But look at the outcome. He's still unified. Yeah. And he beat the man twice, both times convincingly. The second time, probably more than the first. Um, so it don't matter that Crawford went straight into a championship fight and Usyk tiptoed or put his toe in the water because he's at a higher level. Yeah, I would say, and I would say, you know, Joshua probably a more proven and respected champion than, two than, time. than Horn. Two-time. Whether you think, oh, he's two-time because of the rematch clause. He had to win. He didn't win this time. Right. So he was he was capable enough to get them belts back twice and be unified twice. Yeah. So the way we're giving credit to Crawford and Usyk for being two division champions and multiple, you know, unified or multiple division champions, you got to give credit to U- uh, to AJ for being two-time heavyweight unified champion. The way that many Wilder fans are going to be giving credit if he becomes heavyweight again champ yeah you know i think i think uh for me you know one and two not really worried about it you know to me the real issue is the people that was left off the list Mm -hmm. you know the the people that was left off the list that hold that undisputed crown currently Mm -hmm. that was criminal you know when when you have guys like devin haney that are left off, but you leave lightweights like Vasil Lomachenko, right? Ring Magazine has Vasil Lomachenko number six on their pound-for-pound list. Nuss. Funny thing is, he's number three in, on their lightweight ratings. So how is a guy, how is a guy top six in the world, but he ain't even the top one in his division, not even top two in his division according to them? That's, that's beyond disrespectful. 
beyond like Vasil Lomachenko, Devin Haney is currently the the the, the ring magazine champion. You got George Cambosis next up in the ratings, then Vasil Lomachenko. So so how how is he how is he number six in the world, pound for pound, but he's he's number three in his division. How do you leave off Jamel Charlo, who has beat literally everybody damn near at 154 pounds? You know what I'm saying? He had a draw with Castaño the first time. They run it back. He makes it decisive. Made those adjustments. Made those improvements. It was night and day from the first and second fight. He's undisputed. How is he not on on ESPN's uh, pound for pound list? No, it's like you said, bro. Um, it's it's criminal. It's uh, it's 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 difficult to understand why or how these things happen. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, they need to do a better job because now you're taken away from from what these. From from what these guys have accomplished, now you're taking away. Now Devin Haney, he's like, damn, like why why would I fight for this light for this Ring Magazine belt when they're not even acknowledging me mm-hmm. in the pound for pound rankings? They're acknowledging the guy that you feel me like T.O. beat Loma, George beat T.O., Devin beat George. Like if that's not one of the worst fucking aging losses. In history, I don't know what is. Thankfully, it stops here, but but it's like, like what the fuck? How do you have him on your fucking pound? P- like, he comes back against who? What has he done to earn him the number six spot in the pound-for-pound pound rankings? You talk about what he's done before, but what he's done before is have one of the worst aging losses in recent time as a world champion. We have screen sharing. Uh, the back and forth, not the entire beef with Doug Fisher and Devin Haney, but just the end where Devin tells Doug, come and get the belt, since Doug is insisting for Haney to send it back. And I think probably should go further back to 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 where this started, and that's because I think we're just jumping in the middle of the conversation. Well, I, I'm, you know... I'm sure you're going to give them all the context as to what took place between Haney and Fisker, uh, or Fisher, excuse me. Uh, but I wanted to highlight Jamel Charlo that says, and I quote, don't let no man disrespect, excuse me, discredit you for something you worked your life to accomplish. Enjoy your straps. We know what it is. They opinion don't matter. Keep eating. Your reality is Hall of Fame. Can't take it away from you. One day, your kids will enjoy what others can't. And he put the lion uh, emoji. Uh, just just wanted to get your thoughts on, obviously, Jamel coming to the aid of Devin in that back and forth little spat between he and uh, no, ring mean, writer Doug Fisher. I mean, obviously, uh, Jamel Charlo has been a world champion for a very long time. He's been in this position before where he feels he's not giving his flowers. You know, um, he is currently the undisputed super welterweight champion. ESPN does not 
have Jamel Charlo in their pound for pound list. Ring Magazine has him at number nine. So Jamel Charlo, um, you know, being a, being a vet in the game, I think just you know telling telling Devin what it is like, yo champ, don't even sweat it. You know, fu- you know, fuck what they talking about. We know what it is. We know at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the the Hall of Fame is your reality. And you know, Jamel's older. He's been in that position. That's where he has uh, f- felt underappreciated. Uh, felt you know, un- you know, undervalued. So, so you know, Jamel's doing, uh, I guess, just a vet move, and and you know, being there for Devin, just letting them know, don't even sweat it. Yeah. So I'm going through the Twitter trying to find the little back and forth. All you had to do was I clicked on it. It didn't work the way it normally does when you click on that one. And nah, find because the rest. all right, I'll send it to you. Cause I wasn't the, you know. The thread. Yeah, I can't find the fucker. You on Devin's page? I was on Fisher's. Uh, I would have been on Devin's. Because that's where it started. Here we go. Right there. Sending it to you now. All right. You should have got that. But yeah, man. So when you have two publications in ESPN, you have a publication in, in, in Ring Magazine that leaves... You know, both leaving now, Devin Haney, current lightweight undisputed champion. Both, uh, I'm sorry, uh, ESPN leaving now, Jamel. Like, people need to sit back and, and you know, reevaluate. Like, who do we have, like, assessing these things? Who do we have on our voting panel? Who do we have on our writing staff? Because there's changes that need to be made. So Devin's first tweet is, the Ring Magazine could keep their belt. You won't see me with it before or after this fight. And that was um, obviously as as you're screen sharing the list, the list, the pound for pound rankings list um, where he is not listed on it. But instead, Vasil with no belts at all on the list. Um, Dimitri Bivol with one belt and a win over Canelo on the list. I, I guess you beat a pound for pound guy. You should be on the list, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they took him off, but they have a new way so high. Uh, but after that, Ring responds, or actually he tags the Ring so that they know. So, <clears throat> and, uh, after... Doug he Fisher. goes on again. No, he goes on. He says, the youngest undisputed champ of the four belt era and not on the pound for pound list is crazy, especially when you guys who don't even hold the ring magazine belt currently made the list. Get the fuck out of here. He's still hot. And he says, comes back the next day and well, says well before that Doug responds no he don't oh, he does but okay, show do me. your thing I mean, no show me <laughs> bro this dude gets so upset and defensive over fucking Haney chill bro the bro fuck? what the fuck you gotta do with Haney I'm it's just... not on his page okay I'm so just... you telling me he responded I'm saying no he don't you're like yes you do and you you roll your eyes you exhale like you ain't a fucking girl dude breathing all heavy over a fucking message like I, I, don't, I didn't see it show me Let's see what they got for us, Danny. 
I sent it to him. See if he sees it. You had coffee this morning, Ness? It's in my thing. So he sends me something to Doug Fisher. Uh, and it it says, uh, then mail it back to us, champ. And it says, replying to Devin Haney after the Ring Magazine post. Uh, so then going back, Haney responds to him, no problem. DM me the address and I'll have it sent out, brother. And uh, what's that? Praying emoji, right? Praying emoji hands? Yeah. So does Douglas or, or excuse me, uh, Fisher respond back to that? Because on Haney's page, it doesn't show. He just comes back and says, and to be clear, I'm not obligated to wear the ring magazine belt. If I earned it, then I earned it. Rather, I wear it or not. I guess he meant to say whether I wear it or not. So to ask for it back just shows Y'all never wanted me to have it in the first place. Uh, am I missing any? So, yes, there was a response. So the response to that was that. I, I just it's sent, on Doug's? No, I just sent it to you, right? The response to that Devin Haney tweet you just read. Mm -hmm. And then... Let's see. The combination of AJ's tantrum. Oh, I've read this before. I've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen this. The combination of AJ's tantrum in the ring and Haney's hissy fit on Twitter opened the door to an issue I've been wanting to discuss and explore for a while. There will be some championship policy changes going forward. I didn't know. I didn't even know Doug had that much power over there. Says he the editor for Rain Magazine. So uh, it looks like yeah. After Haney responded about uh, having the belt and earning it, so basically he's not sending it back and saying that you know Doug never really wanted him have it. That's why he's asking for it back. So a fan comes and says, you literally just told him to keep the belt. Then Doug responds to that fan and says, right. He said, you can keep it in quotation marks. Then he says, okay, then let me keep it. I, I, I just don't know as a business if this is a good look. You know, like, yes, writers are supposed to be able to defend themselves. Um, and you showed where he, Devin said, come get it, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't show it. That should be next, I think. Actually, yeah, right there. Okay. Come get it. And then, did you see the uh, Fisher's response to that? No. He said, "Are you in Las Vegas?" Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. That that you know, I mean, you could say some things, but like, why are you talking like that? You know, that's pretty weird. I don't know. Pretty weird. Nah, then. I, I, I don't know that it's a good look. Nah, it's definitely not a good look, especially, you know, uh, 
to to you know continue it over a period of days and to you know further elaborate and even go as far as like trolling you know on your social media platforms about it like what do you gain from it what is the purpose how do you how are you helping the sport you know by showing us i just don't understand um we all know that the ring magazine is losing so much of its credibility and prestige you know we here at the boxing voice display uh quite a few nostalgic ring magazine covers but people don't order that anymore you know i i haven't been to anyone's house in my entire life where i've seen them have a ring magazine on the coffee table just never you know um so it's like why take to a platform that is for the youth to show that your belt is biased to show that your staff is petty enough <coughs> that when a fighter is disgruntled because he feels he's achieved the ultimate status in boxing which the ring called it that then awarded him the belt for achieving the status but when the time comes out to recognize the status he's not on the list so it's like that fighter is entitled to say something i don't know that doug was at right to say everything that he said defend your list yes but he didn't defend his list He's like going back and forth with Haney. No, check your message. I, I mean, it literally can, turned into like this troll thing, um, which is, you know, what he attempted to do on his social media platforms, which is what Michael Montero attempted to do on his social media platforms. There was videos made, like there was pictures posted. It was it was uh, pretty embarrassing and just hard to see. So you want me to show the picture with him and Loma? Yeah, so the way it shows on my screen, you see the original tweet that he's responding to and then you know the the conversation with the picture yes okay so it says montero says okay i'm uh, i'm gonna give you an ex all an exclusive this is the truth every morning each contributor at the ring joins a conference call where we talk about how amazing vasil lomachenko is and how handsome he is and how we can keep him in our Rank or oh, ratings, I've never missed one single call. And then Doug reposts a picture that says he's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they trolling. But that's what I'm saying. It's unprofessional. You know, because stand by your work. You believe Haney doesn't deserve to be on the list? Say that with some sort of facts. You know, Haney is contesting the list. He's not understanding. Like... If you go back to his original uh, tweets, give me a second, because this is sad, you know, um, they could have done it so much more professional, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. Like you said, cool. You want to defend your belt. You want to defend your publication. You want to defend your ratings. That's cool, but... He didn't do that. His first response was mail it back to us, champ. 
You get what I'm saying? It wasn't. Well, De- Devin Zaney's first response is they could keep their belt. Right. So, he, you know, they fought fire with fire, I guess. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's hard. I, I still feel that the fighter is allowed to be upset. It's his accomplishments that you're diminishing or discrediting or saying are not enough yet. At the very least, if you're not discrediting and diminishing, you're saying it's not enough yet. Like, aren't you the guy that always talks about the man that beat the man that beat the man yeah. and how Fury beat yeah, Klitschko yeah, yeah, yeah. and how, you know, Devin beat George, who beat Tio, who beat Loma, but yet Loma is the, you know, so. Now, I mean, it's a... Uh, yeah, man. It, you know, like I said, it's it's truly criminal. So honestly, in, embarrassing to see uh, them stoop so low. Yeah. Well, you, you this know, is the with message the, with the continuing of the. Uh, this is the message that I feel that 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 Doug or the ring should have you know responded to professionally when he is questioning here the youngest undisputed champ of the four belt era and not on the pound for pound list. It's crazy, especially when you guys who don't even hold that Ring Magazine belt currently made the list. Get the fuck out of here. So that is where someone should have replied there like, well, champ, X, Y, Z. You know, you don't have to have a belt to be on the list. Um, So-and-so in 1970 was on the list with no belt. Like, some sort of factual response but to antagonize a champion, it's crazy, you know? Um, and I guess I may do it in my own way, too. I don't know. I don't know. But it just it just didn't look good to me. But nonetheless, their list got the attention that they wanted, for sure. Everybody's talking about it. And um, it's moving the needle, without a doubt. It's moving the needle without a doubt. It's it's something that's been going on in boxing for a while, though. It's like I said, you know, um, Broner and Rayfield, they used to go at it. Broner called Dan all types of fat. Crawford and Coppinger, you know, and now Devin and Doug. Yo, then, then, then um, there was Mo- Montero posted a video. It, I, I watched the first few minutes, bro. It was, it was pretty pretty hard to watch apparently we're not the only boxing podcast that takes live callers though but um yo he was like he brought up the fact how Devin wishes Dan Raphael a happy birthday because Dan rates him and I'm like he's like don't you find it weird that a fighter is wishing a media member a happy birthday don't really see that too often and I'm like I mean you don't I mean I I don't know shit I feel like you don't see it often but, I feel like but you, when you see it, it sticks. Like when Floyd said, you're only going to get my exclusives on Fight Hype. And Floyd still to this day shouts out only Fight Hype. Like, it isn't something you see often, but it's not something that's taboo. And, and certain fighters of a certain status, they take that stance. Like, or celebrities, you know, where they are aligned with a certain media to get their message out. Of course. I mean, that's old. Floyd did it. Floyd did it. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal for him to wish da- uh, Dan a happy birthday, and 
I don't make it as big of a deal as the uh, you know other writers that are saying it doesn't happen often. But I agree, it doesn't happen often. Oh, I don't see Crawford wishing nobody. He definitely ain't wishing no Coppinger a happy birthday. Uh, but I haven't. I, I mean, you know, we follow. I, I know you don't, but you get tagged or sent, and and I follow. Honestly, I don't really see that, you know. But Dan is different. I'm sure there's other people that wish Dan a happy birthday. He's pretty big in this sport. I think he got like 320-something thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but Dan's huge for He's sure. He's huge. No pun intended, Danny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've, I feel like I've definitely seen it, um, especially... Uh, I guess you write about the social media part, right? Because I feel like you definitely see it more, uh, you know, the relationships in private. But it was just funny to see them bring it up. You know, funny to, to see them even continue the the the, the uh, trolling, if you will. You know, on the video that was uh, that was uh, interesting to see for sure. I mean, it's a page out of Jake Paul's book. I don't understand how in this generation. And this day and age, we don't understand what it is. You know, 50 Cent did it early. And now, you know, the influencers are taking it over. But, like, you jump on something while it's hot. And I'm sure they've gained a following by Haney giving them the attention and, and introducing them to another audience, which is his own. Because it's his followers he's talking to when he tweets. His followers have to retweet and share in order to get it outside of his fandom. We got a poll on our YouTube.com forward slash The Boxing Voice show. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already hit the thumbs up to help the algorithm know that we are rocking out every single day right here, seven days a week. And today we will be at the Win Casino starting our new gig. So... Should Devin Haney, Jamel Charlo, Tank, or Stephen Fulton be on the list? Damn, Fulton wasn't on anybody's list. Yeah, wow. He was. he was at the bottom, if I'm not mistaken, of a couple people's. Oh, yeah? They put him in, in their top tens, the individual writers? Yeah, individually. Yeah, the guy Baby D. Okay. He got him at 10. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's right there on that cusp. I have him, like, right outside my top ten, but I think he's uh definitely okay. on that cusp. Yeah, it was on Baby. Yeah, but 47% Jamel Charlo should be 47% believe Jamel Charlo should be on the list. 41% believe Devin Haney should be on the list. 3% for Fulton, 9% for Tank. And that's our poll if you want to vote and let us know how you feel, who you feel belongs or doesn't belong on the list. I think we could go ahead and open up these phone lines for anybody that wants to also call in and maybe give your list we also got a ten dollar super chat but you know you know what we got to do right what's that we got to remind everybody that in let me see so maybe six days i think i'm gonna get the exact number and start giving out the actual date but in about six or seven days our raffle for an all-inclusive Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin, I don't know what we call it, like a fight pass, man. You know, you get your 
airplane ticket, round trip, paid for a hotel, and you get a ride to the TBV studios. Danny still uh, hasn't decided whether he wants to perform from our mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, spacious 48,000 square foot building with a rooftop on the Canelo Triple G night where we could pop bottles and all that great shit. Or do we go to the Wynn Casino, a very luxurious, prestigious casino nah, you who sh- you'll just never know who's going to be walking you in front of You shut it down. The- we'll be here. We'll be here at our headquarters, oh TBV yeah, Studios. Yeah, Debbie Downer's back, guys. Nah. Debbie Bro, Downer. You shot it down. We missed the window to book it. Like, it Debbie was, Downer. You know, it's quite simple. Bo, why is he lying? When's I'm, the fight, Bo? Uh, September 17th. 17th. How long? How, how many days are in the two weeks? 14 days. Okay, what so why is Danny a fucking it? liar? They said three They said three weeks. You're a liar. They show me. Three weeks. Show me. Three weeks show is me. what they said. Exactly. More lies. How can I show you what they what you came out their mouth? You were cc Bro, they said it out their mouth in You're the meeting CC'd. on Friday. You're CC'd. It don't matter what they said. So you got said. the audio? It don't matter what they I'm said. It's what they wrote. It's what they wrote. We can what go they to wrote. a couple callers because if I'm not mistaken, we got a guess in six minutes. We ain't got no guess. I think we do. He fired that guess, bruv. He was supposed to be at seven. It's 6.54. He should have been in the motherfucking <laughs> green room. Nah, I'm joking. Shout out Cash Flow. Uh, let's screen share. Danny's a hater, y'all. Just saying. <laughs> He woke up on the the wrong side of the bed today. It's early. I know. He ain't get no coffee. Micah, can you make this man a coffee? Did you have coffee today? Now he's going to ignore me. Look, you can tell he got a little attitude. No, you saw me throw my coffee cup away. I drank a red Oh, shit. So you landed on the giveaway, and we told you about the giveaway. So do not miss this opportunity because we got a couple days left for the raffle, and we will pay your flight. We will pay your hotel. And if we can't afford to pay your, your Uber, we might get uh, somebody to pick you up. Just saying. But we'll bring you out here, man. We'll bring you out. Look at Rob shaking my head, these two. It is Danny with his frustrations. It's me, champ. He needs cigarettes in his life. Did you ever smoke cigarettes? Never. But that's nicotine, though, in there, right? Or is that tobacco? No, that's nicotine. No tobacco. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I would never stoop so low in my life to smoke a square. Oh, wow. Yeah. Usually people smoke squares. Nah. So that was a $5 super chat for my man AJ Smooth. We got another $5 super chat for my man L to the V. Also call him the Slugger. That's his name, all right? All right. What am I doing here? LV Slugger. Slugger. Is uh, Blog Talk open as well? It sure is. I see about three callers lit up. So for those of you who want to call in, 425-569-5241. Press one one time. Throw LV in that war tape. Hurry in there. Let us know how you feel the pound for pound list should look. Yeah. Numbers on the top of the screen if you do want to call in. Uh, Next, we got a one nine. Nope, nope, nope. We got a fat $10 one from L.A. the God. Um, and he says, can you pick that one up? L.A. the God? Yes. Mm, hmm. Yeah. I don't, 
All right. Yeah, I definitely don't see it. ESPN's list is who they think are the 10 best fighters. Just because you're undisputed doesn't mean you are top 10 fighters in people's eyes. We got to stop turning into the Hulk over subjective lists. Well, it's, 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 it's subjective if the criteria was different. But when you're undisputed, which is the highest achievement in boxing, remember, there's nothing greater than undisputed. But now they're going to make something because they continue to discredit Undisputed ever since these young men have been becoming Undisputed. It's pretty strange to me. But we do have another screen share or rather super chat to do. And that's a $10 super chat for LA to God. All right. The Canelo raffle chant. You know what it is. All you got to do now is send in another 65 and we'll put you in that raffle. And if you win, we'll fly you out, hotel, ride to the to the studio, watch the fight with us over here, pay-per-view night with us. Um, Y'all, I feel like people aren't talking enough because I'm not going to lie, I wasn't impressed with the last Canelo undercard. They did all right this time. Oh, yeah? Who's on the undercard this time? Bam is Komei. Okay. Rodriguez. Yep. Defending mm. his title for the second time. And fairly quick turnaround, which I was also happy about because, you know, I think sometimes fighters criticized Canelo a lot for, uh, you know, those quick turnarounds in the Yoderim fight. Mm-hmm. You know, but to me, it was like, shit, I was happy because when's the last time we saw Canelo fight three times in six months? Agreed. You know, so for that, for shout out to Matchroom and Eddie, um, and just everybody uh, that made that come to life. Shout out to them because I now get to see a pretty fucking good card for my birthday weekend. So, so Bam, but Bam's, you know, he's he, who's he fighting? Yeah. All right. So is a, is a showcase, and then who else? Um, I'm I'm going to pull up the the full card now. Okay. One second. I got R. Jonesy 199 Super Chat says since we on the ranking, speak on Devin beefing with the ring. We we definitely elaborated on that. R. Jonesy with another one. He says, chat asking who Devin beat the man who beat the man. Yeah, I mean again, it's because it's Devin Haney now. All of a sudden, who he beat? Um, I thought Cambosos was the emperor. What happened? K.O. Surge, Ontario, California, $2 Super Chat says, Haney is a crybaby. He hasn't beaten any elites yet. So, T.O. was an elite. George beat him. He's not elite. Making Devin not elite. I get it. $2 Super Chat from R. Jonesy. Three in a row. Shout out to you. Um, how is we disputing undisputed laugh out loud the hate is real and that i agree on so on the canelo triple g3 undercard you got bam rodriguez Mm -hmm. like i said defending his title he's co-main event you got akhmadov versus gabe rosado on the card akhmadov Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Versus Gabe. Mm-hmm. You got Emma Williams in there, and that's he in a regional fight for the WBA International. Who are you fighting? Guy named Conway. Con- Charles? No, not Conwell. Conway. First name. I don't fucking know. So, white guy. Uh, all right. Um, 
Mark Castro on the card, Diego Pacheco on the card. So the whole, they whole roster. Yeah. Yo, that's the good thing about Matchroom. They ain't got too too many American fighters, so when they gotta put on an American show, they all on that shit. For real. Like Fucking Diego Pacheco is for on every matchroom show known to man, I think. Like in America for sure. And some overseas. He's he's been on Saudi. He's he been in the UK. Mexico. Everywhere, bro. bro ammo too. Ammo fought in busy as fuck. Yeah. No, ammo ammo hasn't been as busy as Pacheco because of the incident, but No, no, no. But I'm saying he's fought international as well. Fucking Mark Castro made his pro debut on the Canelo Comain, like bro, who and Keith Conley, his manager? Castro? Yeah. I never knew. I don't think so. I never knew. Never Who knew. he with? Castro. I, I mean, I only know him to be with Matchroom. That's the kid from Kansas City, right? No, 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 no. Bro, why do you keep thinking of somebody who ain't fought in like five years? No. He is from California. He Castro? Yes. Him and Keyshawn Davis was like rivals in the, I don't know, in, in the Amis. I mean, I know shit. Castro. He's the head movement yeah. guy. Head movement. Head movement. <laughs> I know him, but I don't know him like that. Nah, yeah, yeah, but... I'm like 90% sure. Danny is such a hater. You heard him just dismiss me? Nah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, nah. nah, because I, I know exactly who you're thinking of. I'm just saying my guy ain't fought probably since like 2017, you know? So it's like, I don't know why you would be thinking of him, you know? What's his name? Bro, I don't even know. <laughs> bro, he was a 2016 Olympic. I know exactly who you're talking about, bro. He, he like had a couple pro fights. Was on that matchroom card in Kansas, and then he went like bare knuckle boxing after that. But what? He, yeah. Damn. And now he's like making a research, and and but I, I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he's with. Damn. Now you're gonna piss me off because I can't remember. Why? Because how do you not know if he's with Keith or not? Ain't you? He and, ain't with Keith. Ain't you and Keith like best friends? You I gonna mean, open up these phone lines, but who we got? Open the phone we lines got up. Three one zero. That's three, LA. Nah, that's hard. Hold on, let me double check though. Let me that's get my LA trusty for list. Three one zero. Ain't no fucking LA. Yeah. Oh yeah, three one zero. Yeah, that's three ten. What's the next? Five. Four. Thirty. Three. Oh, that's that's my man's in them. JP in Long Beach. I ain't, JP in, I ain't in Las even Vegas. See the name. Yeah, JP in Las Vegas. I gave him my handyman's number, man. He about to get some work done. Shout out to Season Las Vegas who hooked me up with Paul. I got Paul out here getting it done I now. I need that handyman too, bro. I oh, got, you do? Yeah, I cut the dishwasher on and it like leaked from under the sink. Like it's a little leak. He might need to tighten something up, swap Yo, something out. Yo, Floyd is here, Micah, if you could do us a favor and get him at the doubt doubt. And I'll let JP in right now. Um, Let me just double check that number to make sure. Cause, uh, it might be or it might not be. But fuck it, yo. Bring him in, man. I can't. I can't. I don't know what's going on. Prior to the intermission, we got JP from Long Beach. JB. JP. Long Beach. Is it you? Is it you? Is it true? Is it you? This definitely is. 310? Probably. Probably him. Yo, see if you can open this, bro. Call you what do you know. Text it to you. Yo, 310. 310. 430. 310. Are you giving it audio, bro? Yo. Oh, I hear him. I, I, I only hear him on the phone line. Just one moment. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta hit the button. Hello. 
Y'all got me? Yep. Yeah, we got you. Y'all got me? Yes, yes we do. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, man, I am. I love this topic because, you, as you know, Ness, I was a, a writer once upon a time. And as I got closer to the writing game, I started to see that the Douglas Fishers, the Kevin Iolis, and the fucking Steve Kims and the Michael Monteros, it was a time that I was trying to hook you and Montero up to kind of be on the boxing voice. But um, these guys are co overtly racist and, and joke about it openly. But the problem is that these guys have the platforms to disseminate the information to the casual masses in boxing. They dictate. They, they, they dictate the landscape and what boxing looks like to new oncomers in boxing, people who go to the giantest platform in the sporting world is ESPN. And these guys get to paint the fucking picture, and they're overtly racist. And that's been my problem for the longest. We've been bickering amongst fans and shit, and I've been saying my bone to pick is with the guys who, who got the pen, who get the pencil whip, who get to write the narratives. The guy sitting up atop at ESPN right now, Steve Kim, He's a blatant fucking racist. And Ben, and, and jokingly about it. Douglas Fisher, a fucking little Oreo punk. He's a punk, all right? And um, I've been mad about this shit for years, and nobody ever cared because it's just not in their interest. But these dudes get to write the narrative for what boxing looks like to a lot of people, and they've been fucking assholes for the longest. And that's basically all I have to say. All right, champ. All right, all right. Tell us how you really feel. Uh, Ness, our first. I got. Oh. He's ready. Yeah, he is. I mean, Bo, you got to go give him the particulars. We got CYP LA. Yo, yo, yo. Let me know. Let me know. What up? What up? Yo, yo, yo. I, I look at the, this list and all these uh, magazines. I say, look, we know how it is. We know how it's gonna be. Charlo got enough money. Devin got enough money. A whole bunch of these fighters got enough money to start their own online magazine for boxing, make their own rankings. They got the fans, they got the followers to give more traffic to that magazine, to that online magazine that ring's ever going to have. They could do it themselves. Matter of fact, you can hire me. I'll work with y'all to put the list together to keep the shit going. There's a whole bunch of people out here who can help y'all get that shit going. Let's do that shit instead of crying about these motherfuckers not liking us the way we need to be liked. She's just not that into you, but it's cool because I'm going to get laid anyway. Let's move on. Um, there were some, some people in here who, who, uh, who agree with me, didn't agree. That's cool. I think that Sean Porter is better than AJ as a welterweight than AJ is as a heavyweight. If you look at Sean Porter's resume, he has four losses. AJ has three losses. Now, but AJ never fought the, the uh, Earl Spence, the Keith Thurman, or the Terrence Crawford of the division. If he fights Wilder and Fury, he's going to have five losses. So when you think about it, any... When it comes down to Terrence Crawford beating Porter, that fight there should solidify him as a big win in, in the, uh, in the Worldweight Division to help us pound for pound since we're giving Usyk so much credit for being AJ. AJ is not as good as we thought he was. He's been exposed, but he's good, but he's not the top. So that win is going to age very, very poorly for Usyk if AJ keeps fighting and fights with them top two dogs. So you're going to see him carried out on the stretcher. And he's going to have more losses than Porter has, and he's going to lose in more of a devastating fashion to the top people, unlike Porter did, who got a split decision, majority decision, and only one KO loss. CYP out. All right, ladies and gents, looks like we have our first guest of the day, Cash Flow Diaz in the building. We'll be right back 
in a few moments. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back as we are joined now by Cashflow Diaz in the building. What's going on, champ? How are you? How you feeling? What it do, everybody? Up, uh, Bo. What it do, everybody? I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, we're here on a Monday morning. You know, uh, so yeah. All right, all right. Well, this is your camera. No need to turn over there. Oh, but... Yeah. Um, we saw your last performance, obviously, on Top Rank, man. You look good. Third round knockout. Yeah, man. Uh, you continue to live up to the hype. You know, we've been watching you for forever, it seems like, because of the 24-7 and, you know, uh, Floyd Mayweather introducing you to the world. But now you're coming into a, your own, making a name for yourself and uh, definitely becoming one of those guys to look forward to on Top Rank, man. Um, how are you feeling, and, and, and how do you feel about the way and the direction your career is headed? I'm feeling great. You know, top rank, you know, the matchmakers, they're all, you know, they're putting me in the right direction. It, it's giving me, they're giving me great fights, you know, good fights to watch, good opponents. Not only does that make me, you know, um, better as a fighter, but it also, you know, just um, it shows people, you know, what I could really do. Instead of getting guys, you know, I could just go in there, two-piece them, and that's it. You know, they're out of there. So it definitely helps me as a fighter, and, and I feel like they're moving me fantastic right now. 
Danny, who was that that was with Albert Bell, right? I think you got some work with Albert Bell's boy. Uh, yeah, uh, Pop. Yeah, Pop. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He when fights... We, uh, Javon Woodard. Yeah, he fights this yeah. weekend in Toledo. When we mentioned your name, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Cashville, man. We got some work. So it sounded like you guys got some good work. Yeah, I mean... And that's that's all I bring, you know. I'm not just I'm not a sparring partner, you know. That's why a lot of people like to spar me, and you know, vice versa. I, if I get good work, you know, I'll give you good work, and and that's just how it is. Was that your first time sparring him, or did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I seen I seen him before, like a couple of weeks ago, actually. I always wondered like who he was with, because obviously if he's in the top range, you gotta be with somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, and later I found out he was with Albert Bell, but we never got to spar until then. And how is it for you as a fighter and a competitor? Like, you see someone in and around your division, or are you automatically sizing them up? Like, who's this? Uh, how's he fight? Or do you wait until someone actually says, like, nah, that guy's in your division, or, oh, this might be a potential spawn partner? I mean, I, I think I can speak for most fighters when I say we, like, we size them up. I'm like, oh, you look about my weight, you know what? Then you, if you ask him, you ask him how much he weighs or what he fights at. You know, but but for most fighters, we size him up, and he does fight at my weight. But um, you know, work is work. For you know, sure. I don't care. Now, uh, big car September twenty third, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, you know, I'm excited. I'll be in the building, and you know, it's just a loaded stack card. Is there is there any excitement? Any anxiety? Any pressure for the fight? Nah, this I I've had pressure all my life. Um, I don't really get. I do get anxiety, like I, like I want to step in the ring right now, um, as as I get closer to the date. But uh, I control that, you know. I don't I don't get no nerves or nothing. Um, there's initial nerves all the time, you know. I'd be lying if I if I wasn't. But um, I know the stage I'm fighting at, and I know what I signed up for. So I'm looking forward to the fight. I'm very excited, you know. I know I'm gonna look 100% sharp. I'm in the right camp. Did you know Daniel before you fought him in that last fight? Obviously not the Pedro. Not not personally. I um I heard about him. Everybody called him Danny. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I Shoe even knew him. A lot of people knew him. Who knew him? Shoe. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Shoe. Like Shoe knew him yeah. because of Andre Rogier, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and well, and he used to be at Cops and Kids, I believe, too. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people knew him that I knew. So I was like, eh, you know, everybody everybody got to know him. So he got to be he got to be good. Or what, something, you know? Did you watch tape before the fight? Uh, all he had on Facebook was like. Like him a fight in Florida. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it was like I was like, at that. Fight. Yeah, like about a minute is all I got, like from the video. Yeah. And then he he blocked me, and he think he blocked my dad too. What? Yeah, well, from you know, so we won't be able to see. See, his fight. With, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but they got all my fights on YouTube, so it's like Fuck, all your fights <laughs> on ESPN. <laughs> you know, so it's whatever. Um, I, I got to. You see know, all your bit. fights are watchable on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta see how to get my fights. Champ, I, I got to ask because obviously we first saw you, like Ness said, early on the 24-7s along Floyd. Uh, you know, how old you were, what, maybe four or five years old, six years old when you started coming around? Yeah, like I was around, I was around five and a half, I believe, okay. when I, like when they put me on HBO. Okay, now I, I, I got to ask you, uh, you got the money team tattoo. Right. Uh you know, that was before top, the top rank that deal? Was, yeah, that was way before the top rank. Any regrets with that? No, no. Um, you know, I've always respected Floyd as a person. And, and you know, I'm, I'm with top rank now. We all know that. But, um, you know, he gave, me a, he gave me a big opportunity that not a lot of kids did, you know, have, especially at the age I was. You know, he put me on his cash flow, and, and, and here I am today. 
known as Cashflow. So he gave me a good platform, a great platform. So it's always positive vibes, and uh, I don't regret nothing. Yeah, man. Nah, for and, sure. and, and you're so young, you know, you might do business with Floyd in the future. Yeah, who's saying we can't? You exactly. know, the money's right. I mean, come on now. Yo, I used to be heavily critical of Top Rank and, and, and uh, you know, say that they give their fighters a diet. But for their up-and-coming fighters like you, I feel like they know how to develop. I mean, this is something that we hear in the sport a lot, that, you know, Top Rank develops stars. But I feel like they're taking a different approach with you. Um, you're fighting a lot of undefeated fighters, fighters with only one loss. Like, that's not top rank normal right do you know why things are different with you is it is it you guys is it your dad is it bruce trampler is or, it todd or is it is it you know jay prince are they him and tone seeing something in you and yeah, they, they want to match you against top? you know it you know normally like a guy four three and no he's fighting a dude who's like three with six losses yeah, like you, you got a pretty decent record for six and no the people that have been on the other side Right. are decent themselves in terms of records. So, like, what do you, I guess, accredit that to? Uh, I mean, it's it's everybody around the team. You know, it, it, it would be the matchmakers, too, as well as, my, you know, my father and, and ma my manager, Jay Prince. I spoke to all of them, you know, because at some point I was wondering, you know, hey, they got me against, you know, I'm looking at these other guys. Undefeated after four, undefeated. Four out of the six guys I beat were, were undefeated, and the two that, that had the loss only had one loss. Exactly. They, they weren't, like, losing record. Um, yeah, I, I credit it to like, you know, I would say just me and my dad for the most part, you know, they, they obviously Jay Prince and all of them, they, they told me that, you know, they, they, they see something in me, you know, they, they know I could do it. And obviously they wouldn't match me up if they didn't think I could do it, you know? So, um, they believe in me, the matchmakers believe in me and if it gets, and, and on top of that, it gets me closer to a world title fighting those guys. It gives me more points. So it doesn't matter to me. Speaking of world title. Uh, how well do you know Gary Antoine Russell, the yeah, one I, in your division? Yeah, yeah, I've I've met. That's him. Antonio. I, I said no. Gary Antoine. No, oh, no Antonio. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. Correct. Thank you, Antonio Russell. I've seen him about like I think like three times. I ain't gonna lie. I don't know him that much. One time I wanted to spar him. That was when I was like 15, 16, mm -hmm. but I just never got the chance. I would still work with him. It doesn't matter. But um, I don't I don't really know him that much, to be honest. You know. You feel like that's a guy you might see. I know right now it's nowhere near possible right, with right. top ranking PBC. You right. go, you gotta make a name. He's gotta make a name. But from what you know of him and his family, do you think he'll be one of the guys that you'll see in the top? And if not, who do you think will be that guy? Like your your big uh, your nemesis. You're like yeah, Earl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Earl's bud, buds. Yeah, Bud's Earl. Who's yours? To be honest, I think uh, in a way. I think oh wow! I, yeah, I think at at some point he's gonna he's gonna have to move to twenty two. He's already he's dominating one eighteen. Who, who he's gonna fight that? Uh, Butler. He's gonna fight Butler. In my opinion, he's gonna knock Butler out, and um, and he's gonna collect all the belts. You know, like 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 he will, and then uh, he'll move to one twenty two at some point. I'll probably I'll still be at one twenty two, or if he's still at one eighteen, I drop down to one eighteen. But at some point, I know we're gonna fight. I just know that for a fact. Um, I've been wanting to fight him for a long time. Yeah, he's a good he's a good fighter. He's a great fighter. But um, I know as I develop, you know, my skills will get better, and and I know I could be someone like him. All right. So that being said, if if that's the fight, you know, that you think will 
be, you know, your fight down the line, then you know Top Rank loves in a way. You know, they, mm, the, right. the, the, the monster and all guy. this shit. They, they come to you like cash flow. Like Bruce, Bruce, Bruce calls you like, mm-hmm. Floyd, look, we got the in a way fight for you. Titles on the line, 122. But you got to come to Japan, Tokyo Dome. Mm. We're going to do it for 50000 But you got, you have to come over there. What you doing? I want to go over there anywho. And, 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 and you have to Stamps walk. Stamps on the passport, baby. Mm. And, and you have to walk out first. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go over there. You know. Um, I, Yo, I love, you really love to travel, right? I love I love to travel. I love, I, and especially Japanese food and, and, and that just all around that. The heritage, I love that. I love nice. that stuff. So I, I would love to go over there. Anywho. I, I was going to say, man, uh, you're one of the few fighters that I've seen, and which is crazy because you're very young as well, but you're one of the few fighters I've seen that, um, you know, tr- goes out of their way to travel to support, like, you know, your friends in the sport. So you'll go to wherever they may be fighting to, right. to, to support them. Why is that so important to you? Um, I feel like it just shows the love, you know. And they know I could watch on, you know, ESPN or whatever platform they're, they're on. But uh, you know, I, I've known him for such a long time. I, I may not look, you know, very old or whatever. I'm only 19, but I've been in the sport for a very long time, and I and and in that time, I make a lot of friends. So um, I just like to show that. Extra you also support. know what matters, man. Yeah, I know what matters. So I I, mm-hmm. I like to I like to show that extra support. You know, if I could be there, I'll be there. That's right, because you know, I could imagine fighting, turn to the side, see my friend there. It's gonna make me feel. Better. So, who have you invested your time to go and see physically in person? Well, for the for the most part, it's been. Uh, um, it, I don't know if you know him. Is uh, Dorian Khan? Dorian Khan. They, uh, they call him uh, Jay. Everybody yeah, just calls him yeah, Jay. Yeah, I know. I know you're yeah, talking Jay. about. He's from. Uh, he's uh, he's actually in Mayweather's uh, um, promotions, and I actually just came from Florida because he he went to go fight out there. My dad was in his corner, so I went to go over there, and I didn't have to. Was go. he on the Kenny Sims card? Yeah, yeah, he was on the exact card. Yep. I, nice. I I I went twice to Florida for him. Okay, and, you know, I had no business in Florida. <laughs> yeah, you know. How'd you like that humidity? I was just out there last week. Now it, the you know what the the Kenny Sims card it wasn't it wasn't as humid as I as I expected. Mm-hmm. The one before that he fought in like um, that Floyd and Logan Paul thing. Yeah, and, Miami. Uh, and uh, yeah, that one was humid. I yeah. walked outside the airport and I was like. Oh my God! <laughs> I can't breathe. I, I'm not Ness. I mean, you're you might be more familiar. Is Orlando typically humid though? Because I've only Bro, been that's in the a winter. Keen question, but okay. because like Orlando's literally in the middle, uh, 15 minutes less, uh, 15 minutes short of three hours for me from where I live in Florida. So I don't even fuck uh, around. Yeah, I've only been in the winter time. So because I know I was in Miami. Bro, my my lady was just saying that. Oh, you need to take your daughter to Disney. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, every what? kid deserves it. I'm like, that's some shit that they put on commercials. No, every kid don't deserve to go to Disney because every parent don't deserve to be in a goddamn line. So I ain't waiting in no line. No, that's how you got to pay to play. What you mean? The easy passes yeah. and all? Bruh, everybody pays to play. You, them lines still got lines. Nah, nah, nah. Let me tell you, the first time I went to Disney World, bro, they, some, it was, uh, it was a, uh, basically like a gifted trip. Bro, they paid for everything. So mm. it was like, no, man, we couldn't straight to the line. The second time I went, long at two hour lines. You been to Disney? No. I've been to Disney Disneyland. And, you know, the real ones in Florida. Yeah, the Disney real ones World. in Florida. I wanna I wanna I was gonna go to that one actually, but uh the last time I went there, but I was like, eh, not this time. I wanted to actually be like with my family. We all go out for like a week, 
Yeah. No vacation needed. Yeah. Make no, a vacation. no boxing. Just, just everybody going to enjoy themselves. So that's in the future. Do you feel like if you have a child, he has to go to Disneyland? You know what? No. Or world, whatever the real name is. No. Um, I mean, to be honest, I had a lot of great memories. My dad used to take me a lot when he, when he, was, when he was working a lot. And, and we were investing in the boxing, but we were just having fun as a family a lot and uh um we would uh we would go to universal all the time and mm. honestly that played a key part in you know just my childhood because as a as a fighter and as an athlete i didn't have much of a childhood i could say that for most fighters mm-hmm. but um i feel like universal was just it was dope it, it's just it's like it's the thought that counts you know just for sure. taking us out there and 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 now you don't have to go all the time but we had this like year pass thing okay so we would go like as much like, as you yeah, could like every other week season passes yeah so when when we stopped with that one when that one ended that's kind of when we stopped yo I, I i wonder with top rank and their espn deal why has disney because obviously they're you know it's under the disney family why have they never approached the boxing champion like you know how for the super bowl every fucking super bowl it's like the winning team they're literally paid to say oh so what do you want to do now oh go to disney and, World. yeah we're going we're going to disney and I wonder why they've never done Yo, that with so boxing. Yo, that's so true. That that stopped though. I wonder if that, that was didn't marketing. Stop. I, that, of course, that was marketing, bro. Who the fuck? What grown ass man is in a rush to go to Disney? I just want a Super Bowl. I'm trying to go see some ass shake. I'm trying to go pop bottles. I ain't I trying know. to. I ain't maybe, trying to go. Maybe like my man yeah, Castro, yeah, you want to go with the family? Yeah. What so are you talking e- about? Every year, the winner wants to go with the family. Every year. Bro, every, all those games you just want to be with and, your family. And every year you want, and every year you you want to make sure to publicize that on TV. But Re- isn't it the what is it? What's the other slogan they got? Like the Magical Kingdom or some shit like nah, that? Yeah, bro, they, that's the, the castle, bro. Magic Kingdom, bro. <laughs> Yo, I got questions from San Antonio, James Valdez. He says, and Noah Inoue versus Gary Antoine Russell if they fought. Who would win and how? One's a 18-pounder. One's a 40-pounder. So, Antonio. I keep saying okay. Antoine, but it says Antonio. Okay. I'm reading it wrong. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> now, that'd be a great fight, actually. Um, we all know Russell is fast. You know, he got, some, he, got some, he got some speed on him. So, I don't know, man. I think Inouye still beats him. Hmm. You know, I think. But that but power, he, right? Yeah, he, but he may have. But Russell got twelve knockouts yeah, too. But, though. but but he may have problems just with Russell's speed. You know, I I haven't seen him fight somebody similar to him yet. I don't believe. I'm gonna have to go looking back, look back at it. But I I think in a way we'll take that. Mm. Um. Next one is from Rue in New Orleans, who says, "Where do you see yourself this time next year?" Man, I see myself for sure like with one of those uh those junior belts, you know, like like a WBC youth belt yep. or or you know, but whatever, those uh, mm-hmm. WBO international ones. I see myself at least with one or two of those and being ranked at least top 10 in in whatever respected, you know, uh organization it's under. So for sure at least that and if not very close to a world championship. Very close. James Prince is your manager, right? Yes, sir. Man, credit to Prince. You got three fights 2021, and you already got three fights 2022 with the fight lined up for September on the Shakur undercard. Right. Yeah, and um, I, I would have had more, um, just had a couple months of, like, just not fighting. You know, I just had to take care of some stuff. But once I got that under, you know, I would have I would had at least probably like eight fights, nine fights by now. Damn. You know, because they, they were going to have me fight August. I was talking to the matchmaker um, at, at breakfast for my last fight when I fought Pedro. 
um, he was saying, you know, when you want to go again? He was like, you want to go again in August? We, we, we were like, hold on. First, we gotta, I, gotta, I had to bury my grandfather. Yeah. Because he, he just my passed away. Yeah, thank you. He passed away the same day as uh, when I fought. Uh, I remember. Yes. Yes. You I dedicated Danny, it to him. Yeah. When yeah. I fought Danny, he passed away the same day. So um, he was supposed to actually be there for the fight, you know, and then it ended up working out like that. But I know he was still there watching. But uh, so he, he hit me up and he told me, you know, Chef, if I want to fight August, tell him, let's wait. Let's do it next month. After the month after that, and he told me Shakur. I knew Shakur was fighting, but you know I'm not I'm not I'm not begging for it to be on any card. But if mm-hmm. if he puts me on a great card, I'll, I'll you know I appreciate that. So he he was telling me about the Shakur one, and I was like, he's like, you want to be in that? I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> put me in that. It's uh, uh, a lot of good names on that card. Obviously, you know you get the opportunity: Jahad Tucker, Shushu Carrington, Keyshawn Davis. Uh, a lot of attention. Yeah, bro. I was gonna say there's gonna be I feel like a competition. For you best know, performance of the night. Sure. Who's yeah. gonna do the Who's gonna do the best for sure? Right, I've because I, that. I I know a lot of you guys are very close. Obviously, Shakur is under Jay as well. Susu's out here, you know, in camp. So I know it's gonna be uh, kind of competitive with you guys. Uh, you think you're gonna take it, or 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 do you think that do you think that uh, one of the other guys is gonna step up? Of course, you know, everybody's there to step up to the plate <coughs> that day. I know we're all going to perform great, but um, I bring my own, I bring my own, you know, pizzazz with me, so to say, you know, I, I got my own, my own charisma, my own me. So I feel like that, that alone, that alone could, you know, shut out the night. Hey, but we'll see, man. Everybody's sharp. Everybody, we're getting better. We're, we, and like you said, the way, the same way you said it, I know we're all looking at it like that. Who's going to do the best? So you're going to have to find out. I want to ask you, obviously, we're talking pound for pound. I don't know if you've seen that Devin Haney's been going back and forth with Ring Magazine lead writer Doug Fisher. And obviously, as a young fighter yourself, I kind of want to get your perspective on boxing. What would you feel is the ultimate accomplishment Floyd Cashflow Diaz can accomplish in this sport? Mm. Honestly, I would say undisputed. I know it's like a trend now, and now everybody's kind of <laughs> going undisputed. Yes. But uh, um, I, I feel like, like going undisputed is, is is great. You know, that's you got all the belts in the division. You're like you're like God in that weight class, bro. <laughs> you <laughs> know, you would think. Yeah, you, you would think. You, you're nice. You know, when you got all the belts in the division. So now, wh- why do you believe that? Like, what's made you believe undisputed is the highest accolade or achievement in boxing? Because you got to think of it like this. Every you know they got they got like. 20 belts now you know and you know getting all those belts you know wbo wba you know ibf wbc mm-hmm. getting all those ibo is not they they kind of took that out right like, yeah ibo is the fifth kind of stepchild right now okay and then ring magazine doesn't count but it's like you got it you ring know? magazine means you're the man okay if you if you've been awarded the belt Usually the one and two have fought or the one and three in the division, which makes you the man in the division. Okay, so let, let's say you got all those belts. Man, that's, especially as times get better and better, everybody gets better and better and better. You know, back in the day, those fighters, you know, to us now, we're like, these guys suck, you know? Because every, every, kids nowadays are like nine switching, you know, boxing real good. So it's getting getting a belt especially say when you're in mid 20s or early 30s or whatever and getting undisputed i feel like it's i don't know that's the best absolutely i think uh just like other sports to what you were saying you know the game has a 
uh you know what's the fucking Changed, word evolved yeah evolved evolved that was the word i'm looking for the game has evolved like they said about basketball players like back in the day you didn't have six five six six point yeah. guards you know like well back in the day we didn't have 275 pound fucking heavyweights right. either you know fury wilder these guys people now yeah they, they, these guys are like huge um so the reason i asked that is because Obviously, Devin Haney was left off of the Ring Magazine, pound for pound, but he is the Ring Magazine champion. lineal champion. Lineal usually means the man that beat the man. Tio beat the man in Vasil. Cambosos beat the man that beat the man in Tio. Devin beat the man that beat the man that beat the man in Cambosos, but he was left off the list. Obviously, this is something you're going to have to deal with being in this generation right. where people like myself, we get a little platform, we have a little following, and we get to tell you what you did right or wrong and think we know more than you. So I just, wanna, I just wanted to get your thoughts, man, on how would you deal with writers, podcasters, YouTubers telling you, well, you're not as great as you are. It doesn't matter if you have this belt. It's this man is still better than you. Like, how are you going to deal with these critics well i mean they that's their job you know and you got to respect that at the end of the day but everybody got everybody can say whatever they want i mean come on it's america you mm -hmm. know but um me i wouldn't care um i got if i got the belt i'd be like i got the belt say whatever the hell you want i got the belt you know um but what about the list that represents so well, I, that's supposed to have you seen the, have, the list is supposed to represent that you right. have that belt, so, right. but instead they got Loma on the list and, and, who doesn't have any belts and no Devin on the yeah, list. So not just do they have Loma top ten pound for pound, but he's not even the top ranked lightweight. So how is he top ten in the world, but he's not even top two in the division according to your same rankings? And then I don't know if you saw, but it was literally a back and forth because you know Devin's like. Right. Well, shit, if y'all ain't got me in the rankings, then I'm not, y'all not going to see me with the belt, you know, for this next fight. And then they're like, well, mail it back to us. And then it was like literally a back and forth on Twitter. <laughs> mail it back to us. I thought that was crazy. Uh, that is crazy. Um, and I, I'm learning more about the story as y'all speak. So, um, I thought it I was. I mean, that is, that is kind of crazy talking about, you know, you're not going to put me in the rankings. I, I got the damn belt and, and, you know, you're not giving me my credit. In the organization, I'm winning it, you know, and um, I, I'd be, I'd get a little tight too. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, hold on, I hold on, hold on. It gets better because Doug Fisher tells Devin, then mail it back to his champ. Devin replies, no problem. DM me the address and I'll have it sent out, brother. So then, um, in in another tweet, Devin said, and to be clear, I'm not obligated to wear the Ring Magazine belt. If I earned it, then I earned it. I rather wear it. I rather wear it or not, whether I wear it or not. So to ask for it back just shows I never wanted me to have it in the first place. Uh, so then he replied, Doug Fisher replies, he said, you said you can keep it. Okay, then let me keep it. So, so then uh, Devin replies, come get it. And then Doug Fisher replies to that. He says, are you in Las Vegas right now? Nah, he wants to smoke, bro. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why talk like that when in actuality... I deserve to have the belt. I got the belt. What the? <laughs> it, it just don't it know. don't it don't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make you sense. You know, but just you know, wanted to get your thoughts because Jamel Charlo went through this. He's also not on the list, bro. 
He's also of, undisputed. It's a lot of politics. He's on game. rings, just not. He, he's not on ESPNs. But yeah, it's Devin's not on either. It's pretty weird. It, it's crazy. It's politics, man. They, you know, come on. Everybody wants a guy that you know. There's somebody up there that wants somebody to be in the right position or to mm-hmm. be to win that belt and say that doesn't happen. You know, of course, you know. Bro, they then they mad. start trolling. Then they go on Twitter like other es uh not espn other ring magazine writers and they were like trolling they're like every morning we have a, a meeting on how <laughs> great vasil lomachenko is and how we should move him up the pound for pound rankings then they posted a picture with him they're like oh my god look at that chiseled jawline we should it just- was just unprofessional yeah they're like it was because th- like you know it's one thing to your work is your work. If you're a writer, you're a writer. You wrote that. You wrote that. Stand right. by it. If Devin contests and says, yo, how I'm not on the list, I'm the Ring Magazine champ, give him your reasons. But to troll a champ, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's crazy. That's kind of dumb. I mean, I ain't going from when I first, first started, and I got like 11 years now, I use the word bum because I ain't know no better. Hmm. Got in that ring, I realized even a bum would whip my ass. Hmm. So these other writers need to, you know, I put a little respect, Understand you know? yeah. what sport they're in and how difficult it is for y'all to do that job, man. Like, just sometimes the work before the fight, I feel, is harder than the actual fight. And 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 for the most part, that's how it should be. If you ain't if you ain't doing it like like that, then you're doing it wrong. You know, the fight shouldn't be the hardest part. You know, like for me, it's, it's camp. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not I'm not cash flow right now. I'm, it's a it's a it, uh, camp flow. Mm. You know. I'm I'm in camp right now, so uh, you know that that's that part I would say is the hardest. You know, you guys, anybody that that trains really hard, you know, training is just that's the hard part right there. So, did you watch the big heavyweight fight with Usyk and AJ? No, I did not. Oh I, wow, you're not into heavyweights, huh? No, I, I mean I am. I just didn't get a chance to watch it. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. But get not interested in that division either. Then. Well, I mean, it's it's a lot of weird stuff that's going on in that division. You know, I feel like. They should have been made that Tyson, uh, that Tyson Fury and AJ fight when it was when it was popping. Mm-hmm. That would have been like the craziest. Word. Yeah, it would have been the craziest fight ever. Bro. No, I definitely been. agree. Um, I don't know. It's just and Usyk's now the champ, and he's he's originally you know cruiserweight. Yeah, cruiserweight. You know, and and he fought even lighter than that in the amateurs. You know, and then now, he, now Sean he, Porter beat him in the amateurs. I <laughs> see. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But I know he was a uh, he was a middleweight and all that. So. He's obviously slowly climbing up, but when is it too much, you know? Um, obviously, he's boxing great. You know, he's a softball. He's you know, on some Loma vibes, but uh, um, but just bigger. I don't know. That, that division on some Loma weird. vibes. Everybody yeah. calls him Big Loma. You think he beats Fury or does Fury? Nah, nah. Fury, Fury, um, Fury could box. Um, that man could box. And for his size and, and weight, he could move. I, I don't think uh, I don't think Usyk's going to beat him. You got, you got people like Deontay Wilder. Had like freaking bricks in his hand, and he had that one punch equalizer, and he still couldn't. He still couldn't beat him like that. So you've been in the ring with Fury, right? Not in the ring sparring, but like in the gym with him. No, no, no. Oh no, I haven't met him yet. What? Not yet. Yeah, he's been. You're at top always rank. in the gym. Yeah, he no, but when he's at top rank, like they shut it yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, they'll be like, he can't come in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even for you. No, I mean, I probably can't come in, but. You know, I don't want to impose. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Fuck that, man. You cash flow. Get up in there, get your picture and shit. And, and, I do want to see him though. Hell well, yeah. shit. If you the got... minute you said footwork, I was gonna say, yo, because I get a lot of shit on this show because I said Fury's the closest thing to Muhammad Ali. 
He got great footwork. Exactly. Well, I don't know people... They don't like it, though, because he's white, Muhammad Ali's black. I guess you can't cross that line. But let me tell you, that man moves like and Muhammad Ali. Well, for his frame, about. seven foot, was he like? How he's like 6'9", I think, right? He's Fear. like 6'9". Damn near seven foot and can mm. move like that and got head movement footwork. Come on, that's crazy. You got to give the man respect. And then gotcha. to get up from those fucking knockdowns that Wilder... Like, now, the first one, when Wilder... When Wilder I, I was in a sauna. I was in a... I was actually fighting for the USA National, Nationals, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in the sauna just chilling, and I'm watching the fight. And then, boom, he gets, what was it, like the 11th round? 12th, so, yeah. 12th. He got clipped. And I was like, I was like, ah, he's done. He, he looked dead. And mm-hmm. then and he just opened. The referee could have could have stopped it right then and Hell there. Yeah. Nobody would have got mad. No he, one. His eyes were closed. Not, so, I mean, I wonder, he was gone. Oh, man, I wonder what the world would have been like if the ref would have waved that off. It would have been Because, you know, Wilder's confidence. Right. Was obviously crazy. It, it, it switched after that. It's like, damn, this dude got up. You know what I'm saying? No one's ever gotten up. So probably he mentally he was going through shit in his head. Like, oh shit, this guy got up. Like right. I gotta put him back down. Let me tell you, I was there at that fight, bro. That that fight and then the fucking Richard Torres was the only two times I thought the guy was dead. Mm. I swear to God, when oh, the, he, the last one, Richard That Torres? was bad. Bro. Yeah, that guy that guy was like face plant on the floor bro but i don't know how fury did it like i vividly remember like the feeling i felt in my heart when when fury went down i thought he killed him that's how vicious it was. i'm not i'm not being funny i i legitimately thought he killed the way that shit was vicious mm. and, and i don't know if, him clean too yeah and and granted i was ringside you know so i'm in the atmosphere i'm in the moment so i don't know if that i'm sure that played a part in it but yo i thought i thought he hurt that man but Fury's so good. If you look at that third fight when Wilder lands that straight right, Fury's going down, but he's conscious. You can see like his body is no longer working, but he's still trying to reach for Wilder. Mm-hmm. Like after that straight right, that shook his that that slow motion shot is insane. But I think there's a uh, footage of um, fuck. Help me out here. I'm having a brain fart. Fury's trainer. Fuck. Sugar Hill. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure. I remember hearing it somewhere where Sugar Hill was saying that after that third fight, that Fury said that he wasn't like fully there because of that knockdown, that he got concussed mm. from that knockdown, that that was the uh, the most brutal fight that he had been. He has crazy recovery time, bro, because normal people that got hit by Wilder, they can't get can't. their senses back. My man could just shake it off. Bro, that first fight, he... Arguably, even the round up, you know what I'm saying? He started fighting back in that 12th round Mm -hmm. in the first fight. And then even in that third fight, you know, he got put down from that that devastating right. And somehow he got up and was able to fucking keep doing what he's doing. That man got it. You got to ask people who got a chin. He got a chin. You know what's crazy? That recovery, bro. Is he on some Wolverine shit? I won't say who. There was another boxing media member with. I was up, you know. I guess leading up to that fight like that day mm-hmm. and we're at the MGM that fight the third fight was at the T-Mobile we're at the MGM and they're like bro they're like both guys are going down tonight and I'm like what do you mean damn he should have paid no bet on bro that. bro a whole fucking rack that motherfucker oh, bet a whole shit. fucking rack that motherfucker bet oh. oh my god that broke my heart because he's <laughs> like bro I'm not saying I had a thousand dollars to bet, right? right? And I definitely even, even if, if I had, did, I wouldn't do I, it. I, I don't got the balls. Yeah, man. I wouldn't have put a thousand. I don't know how Floyd but make bro, them big ass bets. Had I won twenty dollars, bro, that twenty dollars would have won me a couple hundred. Hell yeah, I was man, fucking a grand. 
Bro, Oof. but I take my hat off because we had a... He must have been jumping up and down. Bro, we had a phenomenal dinner that night. After mm. the fight, we had a Shout great Shout out to dinner. him. Bought yeah. you dinner. You ain't had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Young Tigre in San Antonio as well says, Who would you rather co-main a pay-per-view with? Wilder, Crawford, or Canelo? Oof. Oof. Wilder. Say it again. Wilder, Crawford, or Canelo. Um, I would do Canelo. I, I think right. uh, um, that would just be great. That would be great for me. You know, to nah, that was I didn't like that one. Canelo over Fury. Yeah, Canelo. Canelo over Fury. Oh wait, I'm saying, would you rather be on a on a Canelo co-main or Fury co-main? Damn, because that would be big too. He, he, what he fought at last, like the Wembley Stadium. Well, the, the rumor like? yes. is Fury Huge. is the rumor is Fury's fighting February top rank card versus Usyk undisputed Super Bowl weekend. No, that yeah, that that does pose that is a better a better <laughs> opportunity. Um, if it's that card, it'd be it'd be Fury. If yeah. not, Canelo, Canelo always brings the people. Come and on. Canelo does. And bring I them and out. I understand it's a money thing, and that's why they're going to Saudi with it or to the Middle East with it, regardless, bro. But Matchroom did it the twenty twenty the year of the pandemic, like a month before the pandemic started, where they had that card in Miami. When the Super Bowl, the same weekend mm -hmm. of the Super Bowl in Miami, I but don't. That was Canelo. No, bro, that was fucking uh, uh, Boo Boo and somebody, bro. Oh. And I think uh, uh, and Devin. No, no, no. I think maybe Jake fought on that card too. Oh, a YouTuber. Yeah, but but it was Boo Boo was on that. But that's card. why though. Jake was the, the draw. Yeah, need but a draw. But what I'm saying is, the Super Bowl is the biggest sporting event of the fucking year. Why not go to the city where they're doing it and hold a card? Big or small, it don't matter because look, money might be economic. Yeah, but yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Big or small, look, they did fucking Michaela Mayer against Hamadouch the night before Canelo fought Kayla Plant. Right? Was it Kayla Plant that I want to say the night before? Bro, they had so much fucking media there. It, it was sold out. Like they couldn't. People I knew were trying to get tickets. Why? Because, oh, we're already in town. Yeah, it's something to do. Yeah, it's something to do, bro. You like, gotta have something like for the people. When Eddie did it, the Super Bowl's on a, on Sunday. Eddie did that card on a Thursday. Mm. You get what I'm oh, saying? Okay, so I I thought you were speaking like saying it like it should happen at like kind of the same day type of... No, type no, of no. Fuck no. Just the same city. Uh, I'm saying just the same city so because... like the week of? Or yes, the weekend uh, of. Okay. Do it that Friday. Maybe the Saturday is... Uh, since the game is Sunday, maybe Saturday is too close if you want to do it the Friday. But bro, the Super Bowls, you know how many people come come they're already there they're yeah, already they're, there they're already they're there, already there. it's just something to do I mean, mm -hmm. it was the same thing uh i remember mayweather promotions did a card at samstown the night before canelo fought they used Kov to use samstown so much bro the night before canelo fought kovalev and i think richardson hitchens might have been like main event bro everybody and their motherfucking mother was in the building tank was in the building ab was in the building devin was in the building shakur was in everybody was in the building all the media because it's like, well, we're already in town. We might, yeah, as well, might as well go. Might as well go. So that's what I'm saying. I, I hope that, you know, uh, people take advantage. Eddie did it. I would like to see other promoters do it. Think of even if how big would that be, you know, for you to have, oh, shit, now we got random NFL players, random stars just coming just because we're here. Right. You know, that's major exposure, man. That is. That is. You know, any, you know in the boxing game now, obviously, if you, you, you put asses on seats, you make the money. So if you start knowing those guys, those big celebrities, and they bring their own people, 
and so yeah. and such. That, that's just going to bring money. Yeah, yeah that's just, just going to help you help you grow, man. That's just, like now we talk about everything is like we're talking uh, the Errol Spence Terrence Crawford fight because that's something that's been brewing recently, right? Something that we want to see. Well, there's been rumored dates and shit. So it's like, oh, shit. Well, Crawford's a Packers fan. Earl's from Dallas. Well, they play the week before. That's promotion opportunity. Like, we look at any little way that we can use the networks, use other sports to be able to help because that's what it's about, you know, Uh, finding ways to help grow and help, uh, you know, elevate the (coughs) sport. So I think that'd be I got more questions for him. Go ahead, champ. Brandon in Houston, if you were able to add one of these fighters' attributes to your own game moving forward, which one would you choose? Tank's power or Gennady Golovkin's chin? Uh, Tank's power, for sure. I mean, I feel like, me, myself, you're saying just like already, I feel like I already have a chin. I've sparred many world champions, and I've been, you know, you sparring, you get clipped. You know, I've been in fights. You know, you get clipped. I'm not fighting, you know, bozos, you know. And um, and and even at that, I'm not a grown man yet. I feel like I feel like I'd rather take Tank's power because having that type of power is, is ridiculous. Game changing. Yeah, it's ridiculous because you don't, you don't, what did, what did Deontay say? He's like, I, um, you got to be perfect the whole fight. I got to be perfect for one second. Mm-hmm. That that type of power, not not everybody has, is gifted to you. So That's right. That, that Look, power would be I'm excited be for his comeback. He's training in the UFC center. Have you noticed? Well, he Wilder, he's out here. Yeah, he oh, the UFC out here. A- a- Apex? Apex yeah. yeah, yeah, he was he he was uh, training out here. Yeah, he's and, got uh, a press conference actually tomorrow. I mean Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow. So he's not here in Vegas anymore. No, he was here last week. Oh, okay. He's gonna be in Brooklyn tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean Deontay, I feel like Deontay's gonna do good, you know. But it, you see where his mind's at, you know, from all that, all those fury, pretty sure fury, you know, haunts him in his dreams. Mm. So we'll see. But he is hopefully that power that is just still stay there. I think I think the reason the power was there for the most part was his confidence. Mm-hmm. You know? I think I think that he took enough time out of the <laughs> ring to to recover and to to recover mentally though. You get yeah, what I'm to saying? know if this is what he wants. I mean, right. you, he's rich. Yeah. Like you don't re, you don't got to do you this. You don't got to do it no more. Exactly. Yeah. So you're doing it because you still want something. You, you want, want something from this sport. You want and to I'm, accomplish something or show someone something. And I'm sure the, the I'm sure his dollars get him a lot more in Alabama. You know. Oh fuck yeah. You know I know you've you've been uh, down to no, his it's, house. No, it's like and, being it's like being in Florida, bro. Like your dollar, you know, you get more square footage in Alabama for your dollar. I mean, you say you got a don't he got like a roller coaster at his house? He definitely <laughs> got from the second floor a roller coaster that takes you to his boat. Or his, he's got one dock, of those floating, two-floor floating boat dock houses Holy with the jet skis under and then, like, a whole party at the top. He's straight, you know. No, he's he fucking... So he's definitely... He bro, wants to do it for straight, something. bro. He's fucking the Mason Dixie line. He's got to worry about <laughs> shit. For real. Uh, I got Big Casual that says, What's up, champ? Fulton had a close, tough unification fight with Figueroa. Who did you have winning that fight? And do you think Fulton is currently the best at 122? So, Figueroa, I did watch that fight. I feel like Figueroa, you know, I think he did put put more points than what uh, Fulton did. Fulton did have some clean shots. It depends on what you were looking for that day and what type of judge you are. But I feel like I would have had Figueroa winning that fight. But uh, um, I feel like eventually and currently um, I could be the best at 122. So, I wouldn't say he's the best, but I'd say he's the Mm. Most proven, maybe. Most proven, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, that's 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 actually a perfect word. You know, he beat Angelo Leo. 
and uh and 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 you know at his own game so to say you know by sitting, sitting in the pocket more and 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 fighting on the inside so um he's definitely proven himself i actually got a chance to meet him in uh where were we at oh yeah for the danny garcia fight mm. and uh because i was sitting second row uh second row he was like a little bit more down down to the left and uh, he was with boots and I was like, I was like, hey, can we take a picture? I was like, Let's take a picture, champ. I he knew you was. Yeah. He, so uh, my I, my dad was like, like you, you you know this kid, you know whatever. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I know, I see him, I'm watching him. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I what's so. <laughs> was you sizing him up? Yeah, that, I, that's what main reason I took a picture. I mean, I'll, probably, <laughs> I'll probably fight the motherfucker. So I love you know, it. I, I love it. But uh, um, I mean, it's you know, does he look tall, thick? For nah, the division. He, he, he just he's his body's filled in like how a man body should look mm-hmm. you know you see Shakur over the years he's he's filled in a lot if you look at him from when he was a kid he looked like me skinny you know I look I look bigger just because I, I got muscles but I'm not filled in yet when I get filled in then that's when I know it's over for everybody he said for everybody mm. <laughs> nice champ I gotta ask you um you know Peru has not had a you know a uh, uh, world uh, champ. Uh, known history of boxing they you know definitely have had some world champions but you know being a peruvian and uh, mexican american and everything how important is it for you to be able to 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 put your people on the map bring them a world title and would you like to one day fight out there that that would that's actually like the goal you know like for sure i'm gonna get me like a huge ass like mansion in, in Peru like some like so island. you visit you go back no, I'm gonna go so, so you never I've been never there. been there oh wow so yeah. how do you know you're gonna want to live there I'm not that like I'm gonna live there but it's like like a house like to have yeah, vacation to have. home yeah, yeah, yeah for it's sure one of my home countries so yeah. why not you know yep, I'm pretty yep, sure yep. it ain't that expensive I checked the economy over there you know so nah, it ain't. And, and it, you know I can have a you know good size you know good mm-hmm. paying for my bucks so um but I really I that's why I'm really pushing that you know to Peruvian I really I really do I really truly do want to want to win world champion because there's a lot of great Mexican fighters. There's a lot of great Mexican world champions, you know. Um, obviously, you can't have to fight that, that I'm Mexican, and I feel like I still got the, I got Mexican in me when I'm when I'm boxing. When you're fighting, sometimes for sure. I want to exchange a little, but um, but for sure I think that Peruvian like like I I could be like the what do you call it? What's his name? Oh, he had to be like the hands of stone, mm. but for like you see how for he, Peru. yeah you see how he was for his country same yeah. way for me like like you know come on I could put Peru on the map not many you know when people say when I say I'm Peruvian people are like, most most people are like what the hell is that yeah you know who's what's a Peruvian which is funny because I love your food I I I know that's cheap uh like a cheap oh Peruvians are cool it's to talk about the food but um I've been eating Peruvian food for so many years I hate that I left the New Jersey area right uh because there were so many Peruvian restaurants out here they have Peru Square in New Jersey they have a place called Peru Square and that's every time I go to New York bro straight over Lomo Salteado is one of my favorite fucking plates arroz chaufa mixto with like chicken and steak one of my favorite shit and um, stuff. I love per- Peruvian food, but out here they only got like uh, Peru chicken, which yeah, isn't yeah. bad. They got Peru chicken. They're not bad. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I, but I want some authentic. Yeah, like you know, that's a chain. Even though I think that man might own them all. Like, uh, uh, shout out to him. I'm, I'm gonna talk to him next time he's in there because it. it, it uh, I, I think he does because uh, you know we talk to him a lot. I, I, I've known him for a you? lot. Of, I want. That's okay. what I'm trying to get. You yeah, know, because he looks like sense. a normal dude with his wife. 
And they got a couple of Peru chickens out here. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, no, you you put me on. uh, I had never had Peruvian food before. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I never in my life even thought to, like, look up a Peruvian dish. Let me go try Peruvian food. Like, never even knew what a Peruvian dish, like, you know, um, there's other cultures and dishes that I may have not tried it, but at least I know. Man, Shit, we was going like once a week before we got uh, sponsored by this meal prep company, yeah, bro. bro. We I was going foodie, foodie fit, right? Yes. yes. I actually they go just th- deliver for us right yeah, now. That's I actually why they go look. there. I actually go there. Like when I get my meal preps, um, I, I get my meal like for like two weeks. Cause obviously, I'm not rich, you know what I mean? But from what I, what I can do. Um, I for like at least two or three weeks for the rest of my camp, I eat th- their meal preps. Bro. Yeah, I know. Use our discount, discount code. Ah, TBV. And I'm going to hook you up with him, man. For I'm going to sure. hook you up with uh, We hooked up Lonnie B. Uh, Andres Cortez mm-hmm. does his camps with them. Oh, you yeah, know, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, saw he'll that. work something out with you. So, like, you know. Yeah, for sure. I've been going, every, you know, every camp. Because you know, except for that one camp, I had a That's chef. That's so crazy. I had a chef. Okay. But, you know, That's why I was with uh, Jay Prince. We were in yeah. the. I was with Big Baby, F.A., and uh, Josh, Josh Greer, and we were all just, you know, in a house, which was great. Yeah. We were just in a house, and then we had a chef. It was all ready for us. In Houston or out here? No, in, it was out here. Okay. Because uh, I think F.A. had a fight at that time, but it got canceled for some, okay. I don't know, some, I think, it was, I think it was COVID, like COVID reasons. Okay. Yeah, okay. bro. You know? Um, Man, I don't have your number. They got it. Or I would forward you their number, the right, owner's right. number right now. But after the show, definitely for hook sure, you for up. Sure. Because they're amazing, bro. And they just added a couple new dishes. I don't know if you tried it. Uh, yeah, I know. Something I, with spinach now. I always get the salmon. Like, I like fish in yeah. general. So yeah. like, no, and, and you're bro, in camp. It's, yeah, fish is, is, is better. Bro, even uh, shit, today I brought me the the shrimp tacos for lunch. Bro, yeah, you one, love those. one fucking taco has like 10 shrimp on it. Bro, bro the, the loco moco. I love bro, that one. I kill it, bro. I kill it. Yo, every time I always I get that. I love the loco moco. Yeah, nah, shout out to Foodie Fit, man. I am very happy to have met them and they... they they cook well. The Thai basil is my favorite because yeah, it got like that lemon. Yeah, I love that I Thai think basil I tried turkey. That one yet. Yeah, That's it's a uh, ground oh, it's turkey. Thai yeah, basil yeah, turkey. It's Thai basil turkey. So it's a uh, ground turkey. Um, you got your green beans and rice. Right. But yo, bro, and the green bean. I'm telling you, I know people think I'm lying because it's like, oh, we're sponsored. But that's the beauty of of them is like. This is genuine. Right. Like the green beans have so much snap. When you bite into that, yeah, you hear it in your ear, mm-hmm. like snap. And it's like none of the food is frozen. Like my foods right now, they brought me only for three days fresh food. You know, never frozen. I, I, I love them, man. Shout out to Foodie Fit. But I got one more for you. Yeah. Jelen Gobar says, how do you feel now that more boxers are speaking about their emotions and hardships? Do you feel as though you should hold it in and seek professional help or you find it better that the mm. public knows? For example, Broner, Ryan, Danny. Uh, condolences on your grandfather, by the way, he Thank says. You, um, uh, How would a, you that's handle a, that's it? That's a big topic. Um, I, me personally, I mean, you could do it however you feel like. You know, if like see like in Danny's position, um, he was holding in so long. You know that it, it just had to come out. Yeah. You know, and it had to come out that day. You know, mental health's a real thing. You know, we we in a sport. We we got to. Not only are we boxers, but remember we got normal lives and we got other things to think about as well as boxing. And and that's hard to do. But um, I feel like you handle it however you should. 
So, like, I feel like you don't have to go public with it and be like, you know, I have, have, I have mental health problems. You should go go see a therapist or, or, or whatever. Seek professional help, you mm-hmm. know, if anything. Or talk to somebody, you know, that you're really close with mm-hmm. and, and just let, you know, let it out. It, it doesn't have to be in public, I say, because, you know, you got to think about it as a sport we're in. Come on, you, you talk about mental health. I mean, it, it's an understandable thing, but, you know, we're, we're in boxing, you know. So some, yeah, no, some I'm here to punch somebody in the face, you know. Yes. I, some people definitely, uh, you know, I guess may look at that as a weakness or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's and and it's not like a weakness, like like in his in his boxing. It's a weakness in like just just your mental. Your mental. Yeah, your mental. Yeah. You don't you don't want to be you know shown weak in your or, mental or vulnerability more than anything. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Now's the time to get this nah, guy. Yeah, oh, because he he's he's fucked Exa- up. Like, exactly. Let me, go, let me go after him. But um, I say seek it professional help. You know or. Or go to somebody, but I I definitely don't think it should be public. But if it you know if it comes out and it's you feel like it's the right moment, why not? Absolutely. Know. It was this time. It was this moment, anyhow. Uh, those are all the questions. I want to thank you, obviously, for coming on the show and then chopping it up with us. Um, we would love to get you back, and we're also gonna be doing our show every day at twelve p.m. From the Win Casino as well, so we're okay. still here, but we do a second show from the Win. So, so after this, y'all go straight to the Win. Yeah, hustlers, baby. So I don't know if you Fight saw life. where Susu was at yesterday with uh yeah, I with saw Sean Porter. Story. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where we'll, we'll be. Sean is there on Sundays. We'll be there Monday through Friday. So okay. Yeah. So right. you know, we would I'm love to get by. you. Yeah, exactly. We would love to get you in the new studio as well. We're gonna take a picture with Cash Flow right now, and we'll be right back. Micah, don't forget to remind him to sign the wall. Later.
And we're back, and we're back. Hopefully, you got your pair of Kenichi beer. Hibernation 5 headphones. Shout out to Kenichi beer for being part of the TBV family. Shout out to Floyd Cash Flow Diaz for being here in the building with us. Shout out to Bo and Micah holding it down. We are doing a double show today, so we will be back at 12 o'clock live from the win. And we got a 4 o'clock untitled show. We're going to try and do this. Danny, I'm showing this beautiful shirt. Tell the world all about it. Excuse me. I'm sorry. A uh, little hiccup there. Yes. So that is from a good friend of ours over at Bueno. Could you stand up real quick? Ness? I just want them to see the Bueno. You know what I'm saying? Bueno. Yeah, so it's a uh, you know up and coming clothing line. Bueno, it means good, literally. Like bueno means good, and it means good is their Instagram. And bro, they're big fans of the show. Sent us uh so, some gear, a nice a nice uh handwritten letter. And I would like to say thank you to our good friend Alexander Alexander Blaine for sending Damn. us. Yeah, Alexander Blaine. That sounds so cool. It's like, what's my man name with the Blaine last name? Yeah, I was. I, I know what you're talking about. David Blaine. David Blaine. Yeah. Um. So shout out, bro. Thank you so much. It means good. Bueno. Go check them out. They do have their Instagram is it means good. And that's literally what bueno means. So I've I found that really clever, you know, because obviously it's a Spanish word and, you know, they, yeah, I, I just found that shit real clever. Mm-hmm. So shout out to to our friends over there, Alexander. Thank you again, brother. We do appreciate you. That was quick too, bro. Let me tell you, he like, I gave him the address. The next morning, he get he like sent me a, a tracking number. Damn. He's like, just in case, bro. Mm. And then like two days later, fucking box was at my front door. Call you. The receiver. C-Dub, what up? Oh, actually, shit. Oh, yeah, he's there. What up? Well, yo, man, PBV, what's good? What up, Sam? What up, what up, what up? Yo, yo. Yo. Smash that like button. It's free. Do something with yourself. You know, shout out to the panel. I mean, shout out to um everybody. Yo, man, um, let me go into, man, the Pound for Pound is very opinionated, but, you know, we got to be true with ourselves, man, and, you know, remove, we just got to remove some people, man, and add some people, but who I got, number one, Bud, number two, Usyk, number three, Canelo, number four is Inouye, number five, Jamel, number six, Devin, number seven, Josh, you know, uh, number eight, Shakur, nine, Errol, ten, Loma. And I just, I keep Fury out because, you know, just trying to get some light to the lower division. He only had one, one weight, the heavyweight, you know, which is, the, you know, you're supposed to be the strongest man or, the you know, the um, the best man if you're a heavyweight champion. But if I was to put Fury in, I would take Loma out. You know, that's that's all. Man, Errol is very, very high. I think he should be lower just being at one, you know, one weight. Um, that's that's about it though. Um, it's crazy that Bud just can't seem to get that that recognition. That number one, <laughs> first it was Canelo and it was Loma ahead of him. Now they put Usyk ahead ahead of him. So you know, Bud's still number one in his spot to lose. 
until he lose it when we got bread number one pound for pound. C Dub, thank you for calling in. Who we got next? Number to call in, 425-569-5241. Press and one one time. Don't forget, in a few minutes, we will be having Johnny Fisher, UK heavyweight. The Rumford Bull is in the building. He has invaded the U.S. of A. So uh, I've been interviewing this guy since his pro debut. Uh, virtually, it's going to be interesting to get him live and in the flesh if you're joining us right now don't forget to smash that thumbs up button as we're gonna have heavyweight up and coming prospect johnny fisher from across the pond and later today we'll have joe joyce mm. at 12 on our 12 p.m show live from the win casino shout out shout out uh, so any jam-packed jam day of guests nah. jam-packed day of work don't forget we got untitled at four o'clock Trying to set the precedent, man. Work ethic like no other. We got... K.O. Surge. We said that. R. Jonesy with his third Super Chat of the Day says, How is we disputing undisputed? The hate is real. We said that. K.O. Surge, $2 Super Chat says, Rodriguez more entertaining than Haney. Future, pound for pound. And he means Bam Rodriguez, I'm assuming. Jazz Jazz 11 with a $5 euro who says, how old is Luis Ortiz? 40s? Let me see. He old as hell. I was saying Los Cuarentas. Old as hell. Let me see. In the meantime, I'll spend that well for Jazz Jazz 11. 43 years old. Does he get over, old overnight or does he become the first heavyweight since George Foreman to win a title after 40? Or since... B-Hop. And you landed on the Canelo giveaway, which means which means that you can go ahead and send in a remaining balance of $70, and we will add you to our Canelo Triple G raffle. And if you win, we'll fly you out, round trip, Put you hotel, even an Uber ride to the big 40,000, 48 square feet thousand facility here. 48 rooftop, square feet thousand. Uh, whatever he said. You know, where we're going to be doing anything on, on, on that night. But anyway, we got our first guest, which is really our second guest of the day. The Rumford Bull in the buildings. We're going to take a quick intermission, sit him down, and be right back.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. And we're joined by the Rumford Bull up-and-coming prospect heavyweight, Johnny Fisher. What's going on, man? Happy to have you here in the States, man. No, thank you for having me. I'm really uh, enjoying my time here, and uh, it's great to come on your show. Enjoying every minute of being here. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so a week in Las Vegas, who have you gotten work with? Well, um, mostly the, the spine partner I'm over here with, Joe Joyce, um, okay. which is always great work. And I've done a few rounds with uh, Carlos Takam as well, mm. which was brilliant work because completely different styles, really. But um, it's good to be operating with them sort of world-level guys, people who have mixed it with the top guys because myself, I'm just sort of beginning my career, getting some momentum. And it's very important that you, you learn off these guys who've been in, in the ring before with, with top-level opponents. Getting some momentum. Look at this humble guy. How many tickets you sold your last fight? I think that's the the latest, um, I guess, big thing about yeah. the Rumford Bull is that everyone is supporting you back home. Well, um, when I fought at Alexandra Palace in London, I'd done two and a half, three thousand tickets. Wow. But I could have done a lot more. Um, I, was, I, I could have got more. If I got them earlier, the tickets, um, I could have done about 5,000. In I've done 1,500 tickets in 24 hours. They were gone. And then we fought in Sheffield, which is about which is up the north of England, and we've done a 1,000 tickets there. So it's great that the support isn't just in London. I'm getting support from uh, all over the country, which is, which is brilliant, and I'm very grateful for that. So tell us how it all started. Why boxing? Because I, I hear you played rugby, right? Yeah. Well, I've always boxed since I was young. Since I was six or seven, I've been in and out of the boxing gyms as an amateur. just always been in it from a young age. And then, as you said, um, I played rugby at sixth form, so like high school and, and at university and college. So... Um, the boxing's always been in the background and uh, I started boxing again when I was 19 after a few years focusing on my studies and rugby and I sort of fell back into it. I spied a couple of guys, Dave Allen, the White Rhino and then Joe Joyce and Joe Joyce sort of is the guy who gave me the opportunity to come out to Vegas and we built a relationship with SJM, the management team and they got me with uh, matchroom boxing and it's just been one thing after the other, just enjoying the moment, not thinking too far ahead, taking one step at a time, one fight at a time. And that's the attitude I sort of carried on because I think that's what's keeping it fresh, that's keeping me enthusiastic about the sport and I'm enjoying every single second of it. Absolutely. So boxing wasn't the first love then? Boxing was the first love. I've always enjoyed boxing, always loved boxing since I was five, six years old. I've always had an, a, a fascination with it. But in terms of professional sport and high-level sport, it's probably rugby what I played the highest level at. I played at Exeter University, got great... Uh, professional setup there with video analysis with physios and really really high level sport they're, they're the champions at the moment of, of all the university teams in England so that was my first sort of taste of higher performance sport and it's good because I've, I've seen the different aspects of, of high level sport in the team environment but it always come back to boxing and uh, I'm glad it has I'm, I'm enjoying it. What, what would you say are some of the differences in training across the pond and here in Vegas? Um, I've just, um, what I've been exposed to is a lot of Ismail Salas' style of boxing, the Cuban style, and mm -hmm. it's very, very different um, technique-wise. Um, it's not been a struggle, but it's very different. It's, it's hard work learning a new style, learning a new technique. It drains a lot of your mental energy. So it's been good to come over here, like the correct uh, technique of punches, holding your hands in a certain way. It's been really interesting to be exposed to that, and it works really well for Joe Joyce, and it's good. I can probably take some certain things from the style of Ismail Salas and implement that into my own game when I go home to uh, England. So 
what you're learning from Salas is just temporary, though. Like, you're just picking up what you can soak in from him. It's not like you're switching trainers. No, no, I'm not switching trainers. I've got a great trainer back home, Mark Tibbs and Jimmy Tibbs, uh, world-renowned like world renowned where I live in, in London. And um, I've, I've improved so much of him. When I look for my first fight to my sixth fight, um, there's a, there's definitely improvements being made there, and I've got to just keep that going. It's not a long, it's not uh, like I'm taking leaps and bounds forward. I'm not a, a world class fighter. I know that yet. Uh, I know that, but hopefully the steps and the foundations are being made for me to to go to the top of the sport. And it's always good to come away and, and pick the brains of other coaches and see how other people train. And, and Mark uh, Mark Tibbs appreciates that as well. Shout out to Mark Tibbs, man. Uh, he's a great trainer. Yeah. He um, he's trained uh, a, a lot of good fighters for sure. Um, so you're you're in you're in some good hands over definitely, there with, with, with Mr. Tibbs, without a doubt. Uh, isn't he training? Oh my God, we've interviewed us so much. Yeah, he used to train uh, Billy Joe Saunders. She's a female. Astrid. Ebony, Ebony Bridges. And, okay. And El, so Bro see, El so Brook as well. I think you're, are you thinking of El Brook? No, I'm thinking of the girl. Not that Yes, that's who I'm no, thinking no, of. No, not Astrid Witt, the other yeah, one. Yeah, there's another one. Elle Brooke is the girl that she was fighting. Yeah. Okay. Um, Astrid pulled out and then she fought someone else. But she's, to be fair to her, she's dedicated herself to it really well, the sport. And, yeah. Um, listen, I like Mark Tibbs' attitude because he thinks if someone wants to train hard, if they want to put the work in, it doesn't matter who you are, you get the opportunity. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great trainer. And his, his personality, the way he is as a person, um, I really, I really do gel with Mark really well, and it's great to be part of that setup. Johnny, I gotta ask, uh, how was it meeting uh, Deontay? Or was that the first time you met him? Yeah, when that's the first time I've met him. Um, it was through Malik Scott, who's got a good relationship with Joe Joyce, mm -hmm. and um, really friendly guy. I, I was a bit nervous going up to him because I thought he's eating his dinner. I know if someone was coming up to me eating my dinner, I wouldn't be happy about it. Mm -hmm. But he, I was, I was polite, and he was, he was very friendly and obliging, and it was great to see him. Obviously, he had three great fights with Tyson Fury which will go down in history. And um, especially the third fight, he gave it everything. And I really do think I put Deontay Wilder in that top two, three heavyweight bracket. I think it gives anyone on the planet uh, a hard night's work. How did you ask Malik to throw you in there for a few rounds? See uh, what it's like to be in with that world, former world champ? Yeah, listen, it would be unbelievable to get rounds with Deontay Wilder. And I, but I spoke to Mark Tibbs before I got out here. Your job here is to do work for Joe Joyce. And if you can nick a few rounds of other people, that'd be brilliant. But you've got to be fresh for Joe. And I could go and go off to all these different gyms and spar people like Wilder. And there's Michael Hunter over the road as well, which would be great for me. But the professionalism in me as well, I've got to be part of Joe Joyce's camp. And it's worked so well so far because I've sparred Joe, but I've also sparred a great guy in Carlos Takam as well. So I'm not putting myself out there looking, I'm going to go and spar this guy, spar that guy. The experience will come. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying every second of being over here. Yeah, I mean, being with Joyce and uh, Silas, yeah. <laughs> you will have plenty of heavyweights if, like you said, you know, you find the time and you, you have the energy because you do have to be fresh for Joe Joyce. And credit to Joe Joyce for using a, a young, up-and-coming, hungry guy like yourself. Definitely. How has that been for you? Because uh, you're so familiar. It's been, yeah. you know, he actually put you on. So, Definitely. Um, how are those sessions because of the familiarity and the comfort? Well, exactly. Well, I started sparring Joe even before I turned professional. I was still playing rugby at the time. I was 19, 20 years old. Um, and we sort of gelled and he's, he's brought me on. He's been a gentleman about it, really, because when I first started, I could probably last two, three rounds. My style was even more aggressive and you can only sustain that for so long. And the way that he's sort of been able to progress me and use his experience to get the best out of me, now we can do six, eight rounds uh, and at a very good pace. 
and there's some like we sparred on Friday, some great action in there. Uh, people all clapping in the gym, saying how how, how well we done, and um, it's good because I by him coaxing me along, he's got the best out of me, and it, it helps him with his camps as well. And we've got a really really good relationship. He's a good friend of mine, and um, I can't thank him enough for bringing me into the the heavyweight mix. Uh, does it matter to you that it's here or across the pond, um, or does it? add an element of excitement for you being that oh you know we need you to help Joyce for camp in Las Vegas in America well definitely um, I remember the first time it uh, happened three years ago when I was at university still and uh, Sam Jones at the time who was uh, who was part of S-Jam um, he said oh we need you for a few rounds sparring Joe Joyce and I thought oh we'll go back to London for a few hours trip go back there that'd be great but he said no you're coming out to Vegas and I thought I sort of jumped out of my chair because then I was a university student, didn't have much going on and it was just a once in a lifetime opportunity and to be back again and building on that and being a little bit more experienced this time, a little bit more familiar with it, it's, it's brilliant to come back and I hope to come back as frequently as I can because it is the fight capital of the world to be here in Vegas, soak up the atmosphere and it just makes you have that little dream, maybe one day I'll fight in the MGM Grand or Caesars Palace or something like that, it would be, it'd be a brilliant brilliant uh, experience what was your biggest takeaway from that first trip uh to america um it was good to go to the ufc gym actually and see how other athletes train as well not just boxing boxing uh, uh specialists people from all different mm -hmm. sports the professionalism people with their diet the way they recover all the different little one percent two percent they all add up because before i was sort of just not winging it but i was just saying oh, i was enjoying every minute of it enjoying the boxing but after that sort of trip I sort of professionalized myself a little bit more in terms of the recovery the the the, the diet as well listen I've never been a drinker I don't drink but it just educates your mind a little bit how top top level athletes train and you can take little things away that's what I try and do everywhere I go whether it's up north in England whether it's away in Vegas there's always little things you can pick up off other trainers off other other athletes and that's what I've always try and do build off them yeah. so go ahead um so I was going to ask, obviously you've mentioned during the interview, you're not elite, uh, you're just starting out. You, you, you've you've been very humble with uh, where you feel you are at in your career, but you're number 13 in the UK, which puts you with some yeah. very big names in the heavyweight division, uh, but overall in boxing as well. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on being 13 in the UK? And, you know, right on a list with Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, Derek Chisora, Joe Joyce, Daniel Dubois, Huey Fury, David Allen, Fabio Wardley, Nathan Gorman, David Adelaide, uh, Adelaide, and even Cash Ali, Solomon, who's actually with SJ Boxing, the Kairis, right? And yeah. uh, yourself at 13. So you're like right there yeah. with the biggest names in the sport. Well, this is the... Not the difficulty, but this is what we've got to manoeuvre quite well because not only is it that I'm, I've got that ranking now in Britain, but it's the amount of tickets I sell as well. So the appetite is there for me to be pushed and to be pushed and to be pushed. But one thing I've sort of realised with my team and with my dad as well is a big part of it. There's no rush with me. I'm 23 years old. And then we, we, we look at the heavyweights there. 30, 31, 32, 33, that's when you're in your prime. Listen, the tests will come as and when they're meant to come. But for me at the minute, I'm learning so much, I feel, even in my last fight, the relaxation in my mind and getting that, 
that nervous energy, I'm controlling it a lot better. So for me, just being in the ring, getting ring time, getting ring experience, that's going to be the key. And it's about not bowing to the pressure of people with outside forces to my, to my fans. I've got great supporters and everyone understands and the way I've conveyed my message, there is no rush whatsoever because what we've got to realise in this modern world as well, the more we try and push things and we try and rush things and everyone wants things instantly, but that's not the case, especially in boxing, you'll get found out very soon. So like anything, it takes time, it takes progression and the right steps at the right time, stepping up them levels very slowly. And then when I'm ready, maybe it might be three, four years time, throw myself in the mix with uh, another big name. But until that time, until we know we're ready, and while I'm listening to my trainer, that's when we'll take the right steps. For sure. You've that's not something you hear normally. Uh, so I just want to give you credit because most people are in a rush to say, yeah, I want a title shot. I'm ready. Yeah. You know, again, uh, credit to your humbleness. And um, that's not me saying, listen, if someone said you want to fight this guy, I'm not going to back down from a fight. Of course not. You're not going to back down in your, in your instincts as a fighter. You always give yourself a chance against anyone. But thinking in a sensible way in terms of my progression and, my, and the levels that I've got to reach, I'm very conscious and aware of where I am. And um, if I want to maximise my potential in this sport and see how far I can go, it's very important that we take the right logical steps to get to the top of the sport. Danny, I cut you off. You want? Yeah, no. Uh, you mentioned your father. I got to ask, how's Big John doing? Big John's doing very well. Um, he's on holiday at the minute in Greece. I've probably seen. Living it up, having a few beers and <laughs> enjoying himself. But um, yeah, my dad's been great for me. Um, He's my biggest supporter, but he's my biggest critic as well. He'll tell me when I'm doing something wrong. And when your dad tells you you're doing something wrong, he's probably always right. So um, it's great to have him on board. Part yeah. Of the team. No, I, I love the relationship you guys have. I, I love to uh, seeing the chicken eating contest. Yeah. And, yeah, and with that. Uh, your dad, your dad really cracks me up. So uh, that's good to see. And I'm glad that we have you here in the studio for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. It's good that... Um, he does all my tickets for me as well and he still does them all by hand so he's not got a computer he does it all written down and he was doing like two and a half three thousand tickets people coming into our living room like picking up tickets and sending them all out so and then he writes down he like so and so bought yeah he writes it all down in like a little table fucking old, old school but I teach think that man how to use what's the google docs Excel or google yeah, docs. but i don't think he'd even want to do it i think he loves the yeah, fact he that loves he can, it like his yeah. business as well he's still he still does it all by hand. I think that's just Beautiful. the way he is. But um, if it works for him, it works for him. For real. Absolutely. Shout out to Big John. Shout out Big John. Um, obviously, like you said, you're not in a rush. But I feel like what the UK is known for is building up mm. domestic rivals. Like Billy Joe and uh, James DeGale fought at 11-0. and 0. I mean, it's just so many. I I, I can't. Yeah. You would be able to list it being from there better than I. I. Mean, like, look at look yeah. at Connor. Yeah. No world title. He's fighting his rival. Um, is there a, someone out there like I want to throw Wardley's name, but I'm letting you pick? Is there someone out there that is well, the yeah. Rumford's Bulls rival? Well, I wouldn't see Fab Fabio. I spar with countless rounds with, and um, we've really developed each other massively. We sparred just before his last fight mm. um, at the O2, and. Um, We've, we, we've developed, we've, we've leveled up, and that's great if we can keep that going and keep that going. There's one guy over here, actually, who keeps calling me out. Oh, um, he's fan. been dying to come. Christopher Lovejoy, yeah. He's been dying to come in studio, I swear. I was going to say, look, I got him finally yeah. and see what he show up, but I'm like, you know, the first time I get you, I don't want to sandbag yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be brilliant to, because um, I think, um, listen, he's still a dangerous guy. There's not much that's known about him. He's mm -hmm. 20 knockouts, but 
any guy who can knock a heavyweight out or a heavyweight guy, it's got to have some power there. And everywhere I go in, at home in London and in England, people ask me, when are you fighting Christopher Lovejoy? When are you fighting Christopher really? Lovejoy? Yeah, it's crazy. They, they love it. Cause have, you, of, have you spoke to Tyson about that fight? No, I haven't actually. I haven't. I know I've seen I've seen Tyson. Uh, he interacted with him a bit in the gym. Yeah, because he, he had a lot to say about Tyson. Tyson yeah. ran down on him. He says a lot about a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and um, well, yeah. I think for my development and the appetite from the fans to get that fight, I think that's a great fight for the future. But you spoke about like Billy Joe and James DeGale having an rivalry at eleven and zero. I'm right in saying James DeGale was an Olympic. Uh, gold medalist, gold medalist yeah. and Billy Joe was a world champion as an amateur, like won the world championships or competed at the top level amateur. I had four senior amateur fights. Mm. So I'm just, in terms of amateur You're learning on a job. Yeah, I am, which is exciting for people to watch as well because there will be, there's ine inevitably going to be things that go wrong or think like my last fight, in my fifth fight, I got cut and stuff. I had a bad hand. So the learning's going to be there for people to see and that's quite exciting. That's different from a lot of them guys with amateur pedigree. The learning will be there and it will be clear to see and hopefully people will see progression as they go and that's that's quite exciting for people to watch as well. Did you tune tune into this big fight uh, last weekend? Yeah, um, who was fighting again? Remind me, I was watching. Uh, KSI. KSI. No, oh, KSI. Yeah, this past weekend. Come no. on, you know they did 20,000 in the O2. That was a big event. I did watch it, I did watch it and I'm a big fan of, I like Jake Paul a lot. Um, okay. I do like the way I can see his progression, for example, and I think he's, he's he's got talent, he can fight, but I watched the KSI and to be honest, I wasn't impressed with the, the level of the opponents. I think it was a bit, was a bit uh, under par, but as you said, people tune in. It does huge numbers, so... While it's doing huge numbers, people are going to keep tuning in and watching. So it's exciting still because he was calling out Andrew Tate. He was calling out Jake Paul. That's a good matchup, KSI and Jake Paul. I was going to ask, do you think that Jake Paul has separated himself or do you think that KSI can compete with? I don't think KSI can compete with Jake Paul. I think Jake Paul Agreed. has got a good training in BJ Flores. Shout out to BJ Flores. I've met him when I was over here before. And um, he's on a different level to them guys now. And... Um, I think the Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight is a very very interesting matchup, but I still love to see KSI Jake Paul because uh, KSI has got a bit of ability, but not on the level of Jake Paul. What, totally agree. What do you think about? You said you'd like to see the Tommy Fury fight. How, how do you see that play out? I really don't know because Tommy Fury's not got the level of experience yet either. Um, not like me. Not not that many amateur fights under his belt. It's a tough fight because we've seen Jake Paul against Tyron Woodley. Um, knocked him clean out. He's got power, he can punch, a great trainer. And um, it's how Tommy could deal with the pressure of them big nights as well. That's what we that's what we want to see. But beating Jake Paul is not going to be an easy step. You'd like to think Tommy Fury's got that pedigree in terms of his background as a as, a, as Fury's brother and being a part of the Fury name. I'd love to see him do it as a Brit as well. But um, it's not an easy night's work and I think his team are aware of that as well. So it'll be a, a great matchup when they get there. Do you think... You know, you sparred with Dave Allen. That kind of is what led you down this path. He's been retired, unretired. Is that a fight or are you too much of friends and you'd rather find someone else domestically? This is the, this is the thing, right? Dave Allen was someone I looked up to. And I, support, I was at university watching him on YouTube and stuff and watching his fights and I had no clue I was going to be a boxer when I first went to university. And, um, yeah, he... When we first sparred, I was like 18, 19 years old. And I'm not going to lie, he taught me a lesson a little bit. He was he was very tough, very strong. It was just before he fought Lucas Brown. Mm. He was and really, then he got a great stoppage yeah, for that fight. Yeah. And he was just looking in such good shape. And I'd done six rounds with him. And Darren Barker was... At 18? Yeah. 
And, uh, Man, you're, Dar- you're, you're, you're fucking bull for real. <laughs> and Darren Barker's uh, was his trainer at the time, and he always says to me because Darren Barker works with Matram now. He said, mm-hmm. "You showed a certain level of toughness there that you can't teach. You kept coming, you kept giving it, you kept trying to get your shots off. You had no really experience of how to spar a top a top level heavyweight or a guy of that level." And listen, I took a lot away from that spar in terms of I've got the character. I knew from that point I've got the character in the the cojones, what it takes to be a professional boxer. So I can take a lot away from that. And whether that means I'm going to fight Dave Allen, who knows what happens in three, four, five years' time. But I don't like to put names on things. One, because I don't need to, because I've got the following to to have that progression at the pace I need. But we are all going to have to fight at one day. Uh, one day it's going to have to happen. Absolutely. So I, I would assume, or one would assume, that you're happy with the way your career is projecting and the trajectory of it and with matchroom specifically um are you yes i am happy i'm happy with uh being with matchroom and eddie hearn eddie hearn uh, a world level probably the best promoter in the game uh, people would say so it's brilliant i've got my managers as well who who keep keep my head on my shoulders keep me keep me secure my dad especially as well someone who's always going to be brutally honest with you is your dad so it's important. We've got a great relationship with Matru and SJ and my dad, and we, we're building a nice little unit now. And um, it's just about managing and being on that right trajectory, as you say. It's been brilliant so far. It's about not getting too ahead of yourself. I know what level I'm at and the levels that I've got to get through. Because even before you say you fight these big names, there's going to be tests on the way. Um, there's, I've had six fights, five knockouts, had a little bit of adversity in my fifth fight in terms of dealing with a broken hand and having a cut in the first 30 seconds. So even little things like that, they, they test your metal and they test how well you, your character and little things like that are going to progress me. And when the time is right, we'll, we'll keep stepping it up. Is Alan Babic the nemesis, the, the, the hometown rival? He's also with Dillian White, nothing to do with S-Jam. Is that something we could get cooking? Oh, you, you keep trying to get me to call people out. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to see who rubs you the right way. Well, <laughs> no one. I'm, I'm being honest. I might sound like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be the nice guy, but I get on with these guys. Alan Babich, I fought on a couple of shows of him as well. He's an absolute warrior. I've got an admiration for his style, and he's campaigning at Bridgeweight now. And, um, yeah, um, uh, there was one other guy um, who was talking about fighting him. I can't oh, he, he went down a Bridger? Yeah, smart move. He fought at Bridgeweight. Who I can't remember who he fought, and he had uh, he won a little title at that weight. And I know Oscar Rivas is the champion at Bridgeweight in a minute, so it's a smart move because it he's is. got that ferocity. And if he can have that ferocity at that lower weight, mm-hmm. it's going to pay dividends later on. Because that get, is a smart. I didn't know that. I like that. I like the I like the persona of the savage as well. It gets Me people too. interested. You need characters in heavyweight boxing, and yes. we seem to have a few of them growing now, which is great. And it's bringing a bit of interest back, even not at that top level. Like the guys coming through, everyone's got a little bit of a persona, and it's good for the sport and the grassroots level as well. What would you say is the highest? accolade a fighter could be given in this sport undisputed heavyweight champion of the world mm. the heavyweight champion of the world is recognized across across the globe the baddest man on the planet you think of mike tyson you think of lennox lewis them sort of guys so but for a lightweight though what would or a boxer in general yeah, boxer is still undisputed general. yeah i think undisputed have be, to be the king of your division very very important uh, like you can't you can't get any better than that or if you're looking at it from another another perspective to be the best of your era, to have fought everyone, which is, but the, the closest thing you can get to that as a signal of that is to be undisputed, because that's a signal of the fact you fought everyone out there in your division, and you've been, you're the king of that, you're king of that hill. 
What did you think of that AJ fight with Usyk? Um, I thought AJ made a, a better go of it this time. Uh, was a bit more assertive, a bit more aggressive. Um, I was actually on the plane over here as the fight was going on. Oh, and wow. I couldn't get the Wi-Fi. I was just kept asking the air stewardess, can you get the Wi-Fi, can you get the Wi-Fi? But I watched the, the highlights after and it seemed to me that he could have been a little bit more aggressive in the early rounds. But um, you've just got to give massive credit to Usyk. Always like a, like a wasp, always finding them little angles, buzzing around, getting them jabs off. But um, he invested a lot more to the body this time, Joshua. He had a very good round in round nine. But, um, yeah, I still think I'll give it to Usyk. But it was a much better account than the first fight. How would the Rumford Bull approach a fight with Usyk? Uh, because, you know, now two fights are in the history books and people still believe AJ just needed to go be a big man. Yeah. Now they're using that round nine as the proof. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. he hit him to the body. Look at the way he reacted. Uh, what? How would yeah. you approach a fight with Usyk? Well, it's very easy for me to sit here and say, just go and rough him up, go and beat him up. But going and to implement that is a lot harder with the, someone with the footwork of Usyk, someone who's got that skill. But that is the most, uh, with saying that, that is still the most reasonable, the most realistic way to beat Usyk. I think back to the fight when he fought Chisora. Usyk still beat Chisora, Derek Chisora. But that rough and tough mentality is the way to go. Because if I stood there and tried to out-jab Usyk or I tried to out-maneuver Usyk, I haven't got a chance. But I've got a chance because I know physically I can match his strength at least or I've got the aggression to unloading combinations. So you've got to come forward, you've got to pressure him as much as you can. But it's very, very easy to sit here and say do that. Against someone like the technician like Usyk is another thing trying to then implement that. How does, how does Tyson Fury fare in that matchup against... Uh Against Alexander Usyk, rumor is potentially February Super Bowl weekend somewhere in the Middle East. So, how does that fight play out in your mind? I think Tyson beats Alexander Usyk, um, surely because uh, purely because of the size advantage, the experience he's got of fighting all different types of opponents. And I think if Tyson Fury needs to, he doesn't have to win spectacularly. He can find a way to win no matter what in terms of tying people up, being the bigger man being 19, 20 stone laying on a guy who's not a, a real heavyweight in a sense where he's fought at cruiserweight most of his life, even fought at lower weights, I think, as, as an amateur. So, um, yeah, I think the skill set and the mindset he, of Tyson Fury is what's going to beat Alexander Usyk. So, yeah, um, he actually lost to Sean Porter in the amateurs. Yeah, yeah I heard about this, actually. As amateur. a middleweight. As yeah. a middleweight. So it's it's crazy amateur. to think. I wonder if Porter should have just been a middleweight. He, he beat... Daniel Jacobs six times dropped him seven times as an amateur. Really? Really? Well, and his father just kept making him lose weight from 165 to 47. Maybe, and maybe he should have stayed, but... He's short knows? as fuck, though. Yeah, so maybe that's why he was trying to get him down. You've got to, you got to fight that lightweight. Well, who knows what could have happened. Were you, you in camp with Tyson for the Chisora fight, or have you ever no, been... I've been... spent a week or two with him up in, uh, in camp in Morecambe before the Wilder free fight, and um, we was up there with some good guys, and he was putting the work in, so it was good to see. What do you think of his uh, work, work ethic? ethic? Yeah, he's got great... He's got a great team. And what it was, that was just, he was quite um, conscious of COVID at the time as well. So all the people that were in the gym were the, the three or four sparring partners, Sugar Hill and sometimes Big John Fury. And um, for a guy who's been a world champion, who's fought at the top level to come back and still have that motivation to keep going. We were sparring one time, it was 12, ra it was like 12 round spar with four guys. And I could see when it got to round eight, round nine, it was getting tough. But he's, I could see a little bit of glimpse of that mentality of, that, that Spartan mentality where mm. he just, you won't give up. 
and that's what separates the best from the rest, I think, that, that ability not to give up, because you can be as skillful as you want, you can be as quick as you want, as powerful as you want, but the thing that separates the best from the rest is having the mindset of, I will never, ever give up. From, what you, from what you saw, how would you rate his uh, work ethic compared to other fighters? Because I've... Uh, yeah, you know, we hear, we hear that he's works like no other heavyweight, especially running-wise. Most yeah. heavyweights don't run. They say that this guy loves to run. Yeah, well, I, I actually, I got there on the Sunday, and they'd done a huge run before, and all the guys were saying, man, that run is, is a killer. So he, the stories that I've heard, he's, he's, a, he's a diligent, diligent trainer. But at the same time, there's a fine balance between being a, a diligent trainer and training as hard as you can and getting that rest period in as well. I used to be guilty of that a little bit when I was 18, 19, 20. I thought I'd just train as hard as I can, train as hard as I can. And then when you get to the fight or you get to a sparring session, you've got nothing left. The key is staying fit and staying ready for sparring because that's where that's the most realistic uh, training method you can do before the fight. So it is a fine balance between training as hard as you can and making sure you're well rested and training optimally as well. How long before you walked up to him and said, how'd you get up, mate? Like, how the fuck did you get up from that shot? I was just, at first, I was just in awe of just be, being around him. And he's such a down-to-earth, nice person to be around. Like, mm -hmm. he just treated us as equals. You know, someone of that accolade, they could be, like, standoffish and not, not, not mixed with you too much. But he just treated us, as, treated us as equals. And that was, I remember just warming up on the bag before the first time I was going to spar him. And I, I just had a little epiphany in my head, like, how the hell did I end up here sparring the, the best of the era mm -hmm. or, and one of the best of all time? So... It's just a pinch me moment just to be around him and be in his presence. That's what was the biggest takeaway from the sparring? Um, it was more, not just the sparring, but the advice he gave me. Him and his dad said to me after, do not let anyone rush you in this sport. Do what you think's right and trust your dad because your dad is the man who knows you better Which than Which is crazy else. because he has like 20-something fights. So, you know, yeah. even though he took his time because of time off and inconsistencies, like mm. his resume is getting yeah, it is. even yeah. more stacked. But that's what, when someone like that gives you the advice of not rushing, he's talking from his own experience and he's someone who's fought at them that, that sort of domestic level and worked himself up and fought in America and got to the top of the sport. You can't not take that, you've got, you've got to take that advice on board and especially from his dad who's obviously seen it and been on the sidelines and watched. He said, don't let anyone rush you, don't let anyone tell you what you think's right for you, trust your team and keep your team small. And that's what I'm going to try and do. few questions from the people. James Valdez in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Texas. Usyk versus Fury, who wins and how? But you already answered that. So any of these that we might have went over by mistake or uh, because we asked them, you can just ignore or add if you need to add. Uh, Rue in the New Orleans says, do you plan to close the year out with another fight? Yeah, we've got two more fights lined up. Um, I can't say it's not been announced yet, but two quick turnaround fights. One's going to be abroad in a nice location and then we're going to come back to London and we're going to, uh, we're going to get a nice bit of the Romford Army out in London. All right. Abroad in a nice location. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, we got Jazz who says, are you trying to develop your left hook? Yeah, um, that's something we've actually have been doing uh, with Mark Tibbs because sometimes inspiring, I'm a bit guilty of sort of cloffing it or trying to reach too much. I'm trying to shorten it up at the minute. So when I'm in that little roll, I can roll out quite nicely. But inspiring, it's just about turning that hook over a little bit more because otherwise you're, you're losing a bit of power when you're trying to reach for it a bit too much. 
Brandon in Houston, could you put into perspective for us American fans how big Ben versus Eubank Jr. is, or is it big at all to you? It's a massive fight. It's a massive fight. Everyone knows whether you're a boxing fan or just someone who's a sports fan or a general member of the public. Everyone remembers Chris Eubank Sr. versus, versus Nigel Ben. And um, this is just like a continuance of that legacy. So it's a, it is a very, very big fight. What did you make of uh, Eubank Jr.? With Eating the chicken Ken yesterday. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken. Well, uh, it's just like a bit of mind games, I think, because we know he's got to come down even more than he's, he's had to Ever. come before. So I think it's going to affect him a little bit coming down that way. But it's just a bit of... Uh, of mind games to Conor Ben saying I'm going to make it easy and all that stuff saying I'm only going to be 60% for the fight I'm only going to be 70% it's just to get into Conor's head a little bit I think Jelen Gobar says a lot of fans say that the American amateur boxing scene is a better one and builds more champions compared to across the pond in the UK how do you feel about that statement and does these types of topics light a fire under you knowing you will have a chance to fight in America. Yeah, well, um, for me, I didn't even experience really the the English or the British amateur system where I had a handful of amateur fights. But I know we've got a great setup with Team GB. We've got a great international team in terms of going to the Commonwealth Games and going to the Olympics. But um, I don't know too much about the uh, American scene. I know you've got the Golden Gloves uh, competitions and stuff. I don't know, do, do they still go on? Yeah, the Golden Gloves. You got, uh, obviously, nationals and whatnot as well. Yeah. So. I can imagine like the, the pool of talent here is probably a, a, a lot larger in terms of the, the population size and stuff. So, But I do know how difficult it is in the UK to be a great amateur as well, to get to the top. So I think they've both got their different, their different aspects, but we'll see, won't we? When the top guy from America fights the top guy from Great Britain, both great amateurs, we can probably... That's when, that's when you can do the measuring of it, can't you? As a... As a British fighter and a disinterested party, right... Would you want to come out to see Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford? Is that a fight that interests you? Yeah. Um, to fly, though. To travel, not to tune in. No, not to, not to fly, really. Uh, okay. I'm thinking of, like, a, as an a average British fan, you wouldn't be uh, too interested. The names that come up for, in Great Britain are the Dillian Whites, the Anthony Joshuas, the Tyson Furies. They're the guys. They're the big pools, obviously, because they're heavyweights as well. I'm thinking of the average British fan. They're the, they're the sort of so, people that get brought up in conversation. So let me ask you this. Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. Yeah, people fly out for that. Where should that fight take place? They do big numbers in, in England, in Wembley or, or Cardiff in the Millennium Stadium. But I think we need to... Um, all this boxing going to Saudi Arabia. I know the money is uh, is massive over there, but the big fights as well, the big heavyweight fights, is great when it's in the MGM Grand. It's great when it's in Caesar's Palace and the Cosmopolitan and places like that. I still think we've got to try and keep it in Vegas. Vegas is the for the fight capital. You think back to the great fights of the 80s and 90s as well. We we just want to. It's great when we go to international locations like the Thriller and the, the Rumble in the Jungle, but we want to keep the epicenter in Las Vegas. That's mm -hmm. that's the pinnacle. So, um, would you say that Las Vegas, for the British fight fan, is the most appealing city? In, because I know New York is a closer flight, yeah. but some people complain about the cold or maybe not as much things to do. Do you think Vegas is the most appealing for, well, for the Brits? Well, from my experience with my fans, everyone really wants that away day to, to Las Vegas. Everyone keeps talking about 
oh, we, we just can't wait till the romp for ball or Johnny Fisher fights in Las Vegas. That's what they, that's what they always say. So it'd be great to have a fight out here. But um, with the, the Lovejoy fight, I think it'd be better if we have it in London because of the, the support that we could have over there. Everyone over there is support, talking about getting Lovejoy and it'd be great to have him over in the UK. Well, he's... Uh, How realistic is that fight? He's listening. He's yeah, listening. It is, it is very realistic. I, w I want that fight at some point, hopefully early next year. Um, I, I want it to happen. We want to make it happen. It's up to Lovejoy if he wants to have it. So that's the holdup is Lovejoy. I just, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight him. I think it'd be a great, it'd be a great fight. So um, I don't know if it's my, my, I've got to talk to my promoters and say, this is the fight we want. Maybe I've got to just say, this is the fight we want next. But um, yeah, Lovejoy, I know Lovejoy came over to fight Dave Allen and there was a bit of difficulty with, mm -hmm. with contracts, with promoters and stuff. So maybe that's why it's, there's a bit of a hold up, but we'll be ready maybe early next year. Big Casual says, what up champ? Another one of your peers fought over the weekend in Jared Anderson. Yes. If you were able to watch the fight, were you impressed with his performance and do you see that as a big heavyweight fight in the future? And if so, do you think Yah will meet up at the top for a title or better yet a unification or do you see that fight happening while you're both still prospects? I saw uh, the knockout. I didn't see the, the full fight. It was another great knockout for Jared Anderson. He's really stepping up their levels as well, motoring the level of opponent he's fighting. And I'm always honest with myself and where I am, I'm not on Jared Anderson's level yet. I'm not there. But if I keep progressing the way I'm meant to be, who knows, as you said, for a unification fight, if I earn that right to fight for titles, then I'll be ready for three, four, five years' time. Might be two years' time, who knows. But I'm very realistic about where I am. He's an exceptional talent. He's probably leading the way as the best prospect in the world right now. I feel like you might just have that humble trait, man. How are you sparring with all these elite level fighters and don't feel that you're good? You I am good. I don't, feel, I don't think I'm not good. I know I've got the potential to be one of the best. But the one thing that is not only just in boxing, but in sport in general, people who believe their own hype, people who believe that they're the best, you've got to believe that you've got the potential to be there. But if you start thinking you're cashing checks that you can't, you're not capable of, that's when it all falls down. So it's very important to be very realistic about your, with yourself because that's what drives you to keep trying to be better. The fact that you think, I've still got more to go, I've still got more to do, I've still got to keep catching up on these guys. That's what keeps me hungry and keep moving forward. Johnny, you don't curse? Not really, no. Not <laughs> no, I was just asking because we all know... <laughs> Floyd says, don't write checks, your ass can't cash, <laughs> no. you know, so when you, when you change it. I trying to be polite. I think my mum might be watching, so I've got uh, to be polite. Hi, mum. Hi, mum. I think that might be all the questions, Johnny. This was a fantastic interview. We want to thank you for joining well, us bright and early on. here in Las Vegas. If you can, give out your social media for anybody crazy enough not to be following you. And if you want to point them out any direction, like ticket sales. Or website, maybe you yeah. have a website where the tickets are always available. I'd just like to say thank you for everyone for tuning in and uh, asking me some questions. My Instagram handle is johnnyfisher1, and uh, it'd be great to have your support, and uh, thank you for tuning in. It means a lot. Thank All you, All right, we're going to take a quick intermission, take this picture with Johnny, and be right back to answer any calls that might come in. Thank you.
Hey, and we're back, we're back, we're back, and we're available for anybody that wants to call in and express their opinion right here on TBV. If not, we will hard stop and get you used to that hard stop at 9 a.m. because we do have our second show, which is being launched. Excuse me. Which is being launched today, August 29th, uh, and we'll be transmitting live from Blue Wire at 12. Now, this week, it won't be live, unfortunately. I know we've been promoting live, but they want to get to know us. Um, get it's different it. engineers, different, uh, uh, entirely different crews that need to mingle with our crew. Bo needs to get to know their engineers. Micah needs to get to know their people and vice versa. So uh, it won't be live. It will be uploaded after the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, my name is Nestor Gibbs, and I think this show is done. I'm going to refresh the seconds while Danny gives out his social media. Ring walk Danny on Instagram and Twitter. Bo, where can the people find you? Bo Mason underscore TBV on Instagram. No Micah K, but she's at Micah Jordan, and you can also shout out Sam Sweeney with the $5 pounds. Or five pounds, excuse me. He said, uh, I remember watching Johnny beat up people outside of Time and Envy back in the day. Lovely bloke. Laugh out loud. And I think that's because Johnny was some sort of bouncer, right, at one point? like a Oh, really? Kind of, kind yeah. of a job. Security. Rumford yeah. Bull. He was breathing like a bull. <laughs> I, can see, I see where he get that name. Yeah, the Rumford Bull. But that is everybody. We are out of here. Catch us on the next one. Peace. Arriva Dirt.